Hey, Patriots fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, buyatoyota.com is the place to go. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots, Toyota. Let's go places. Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. Better to have been a dynasty and fallen than never to have been a dynasty at all. By, by the way, I Matt, wouldn't be surprised if he's. Been. Who's the last person who sat in this chair? He's just like. Yet. Pills. Oh, nice! Like, is, is she taking quaaludes taking or something? Mm-hmm. Those are pretty big ones. Yeah, they're big. They're big pills. <laughs> Maybe it's my doll. Somebody will zoom in and say, "Oh my God, they're on drugs." Yeah. Widespread my brain. Yeah, I, I, I have a tough. I, I'm, I'm yeah, falling right? apart over here. No, I don't know. I want to be Puka. Puka Nakua. I, don't, like I just Puka don't know Nakua. offensive players. Like they, they don't want to play the formula let's run the ball and let's possess it and let's not turn it over and let's like win hit this. me deep hit me yeah, deep right so 13 wins is still in play so. <laughs> oh my gosh one more call let's go to dan and daytona what's up it's on line, line three. three damn it this is radio america during world war ii the allies have crossed the border and they're <laughs> this is patriots unfiltered presented by toyota's official website for deals by a toyota.com all right welcome to patriots unfiltered it is wednesday here at gillette stadium and it's deuce it's evan it's paul it's fred it's matt in the booth we're continuing to dissect and analyze what we've been witnessing and hoping hoping that we can start over and beat the las vegas raiders this sunday what do we think guys i think it's been another tough game I mean, they got they got some good players. We know what happened last year there. Um, hard to shake that memory, um, but you know, it's it's. I think Evan laid it out yesterday. Max Crosby, that's that's the problem. I'm sure right now they're watching Vidarian Lowe. It's a problem. Getting ready to line him up over Vidarian Lowe plenty, and you know, and then the, the talent on offense too. It's enough. It hasn't really broken free yet. You know, the Patriots, the offenses look kind of similar statistically, but. You look on paper, and it seems like, all right, it's a matter of time before the Raiders have you yeah. know, a little breakout. Yeah, break. I was just going to say, you know, this is the turn-to-page game, and, you know, we start focusing on the opponent. They've got the pieces. They've got pieces. And you can see, even though they're not scoring points, they have, you know, three, four plays that they string together that, you know, they could do something, then they make that mistake. But they've got the makings of points, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's it's going to be a tricky, tricky game. Yeah, it's all, <clears throat> I'm just dying over here still. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot like the the Saints to me last week, yeah. where uh, I think you know Devonte Adams is probably better than Chris Olave, but in general they have pieces in New Orleans offensively to be better than they were, and the Raiders are in the same boat where you look at it and you're like, all right, you got this offensive minded head coach, you got weapons what's the problem i mean i think their offensive line has struggled like you can always go there with most offenses that struggle and i think jimmy garoppolo for what he is the winner that he is as everybody likes to tell us uh he's a limited quarterback in a lot of ways that your quarterback is is limited in you know he's not oh he's one of the worst statistical downfield throwers in the league he's a bad deep ball thrower 
doesn't throw it aggressively, doesn't throw it accurately. Despite having Devontae Adams, he still can't hit a deep ball. And he's really one of those guys that lives in like the 10 to 15 yard range and on in-breaking routes, slants, digs, crossers, like things like that. And that that's a pretty simple game plan for a defense. Take I, this away and we have a chance. I, I'd feel better if we had Gonzalez and Judon. Uh, but, you know, given what you just said, that's to me, that's the key there is Garoppolo. Can we get to him and just mess him up enough where – you know, we stall their offense. You know, can we do that with this defense? I, I don't know. I mean, that's – and I think that's one of the headlines for me is, like, new playmakers have to step up. This team hasn't forced a turnover in, what, three games? You know, I mean, it's just – at some point, if they don't start making plays, it's like as much as the offense might make some strides, it's not going to really matter if the defense doesn't, you know, start to kind of make some plays and, and you know yeah. – Get you know get off the field in, in big moments or you know force interceptions. I mean you know the Raiders have had plenty of turnovers too. So maybe this is the week that they're able to get their hands on some balls. I mean J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, both those guys haven't played a lot this year for you know obvious reasons, but they both have the ability to take the ball away. You know J.C. So maybe one of those guys can can get one. I think it's a big key this week. Yeah, I mean this is a game where I I'm predicting right now Uh-oh. the Patriots will win the turnover battle. Believe it or not. Yeah. Oh. Bold. I'm predicting Bold that right, you're going to say you're going to say that yeah. you're going to win. I, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, looking, for I was looking for a different kind of well, prediction. Well, that comes tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah picks, I mean they, they will the, win the turnover battle. The Raiders have turned the ball over a yeah. lot. Yeah. I mean, seven picks for for Garoppolo when he missed a game. Yep. Yeah. Now some of that is a little misleading. I mean, just like some late late yeah. game heaves, but yep. Yeah, that's all. They have turned the ball over a lot, and before last week. They hadn't been taking it away at all. Now they came up with three picks of Jordan Love Monday night. Yeah, with that linebacker. Who's that guy with the Spillane? The Spillane. Where'd he come from? Yeah, the, the the play that the the game-winning play was a really nice play by that uh, Robertson kid. Yeah, who um, looked like he was kind of beat initially on the play. It was the Mac Hollins Marcus Jones play from last year. That's what it seemed like to me. Where you know at the end where they went to Mac Hollins, Mac Hollins went up in the back of the end zone. And it was just like Marcus Jones was there, but just didn't have the height. But that Robertson guy had like a thirty-eight inch vertical, like went up to to be able to get it. I, it just I reminded it was me of that play. Their other receiver, but same point stands. Wasn't I think we're, yeah, the Jaguars we're, receiver that uh, what's his name? Yeah, Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole. And yeah. I, I think that was over Jonathan Jones. Not Marcus Jones. There was got to be one in Marcus. Marcus Jones. Jones I think there was like three get, times in a row they went. Mac Collins, I think Mac they Collins, did Mac on Collins. the last dri- on that. Not, Maybe not the last. It should have been the last drive, and we all know what happened at the last last <laughs> drive. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah. that drive that tied the game might be has thinking gotten of enough, a different touch. Oh yeah, has gotten enough attention because yeah. of the situation. It's a, they had a disastrous first half in that game last year. They were down. I want to say seventeen three, yeah. something like that, yep. at the half, um, and then. Duggar makes the pick Same six, sounds familiar, yeah. right? Duggar makes the pick yep. six and yeah. gets you back in the game, and then you kind of wrestled control over the next quarter, quarter and a half yep. or so, and you got yourself in a situation where if you could get a stop, you'd probably be in pretty good shape, and they couldn't do it. Uh, fourth and tens, I think yeah. that's where your Mac Collins stop came in, Mike. Yeah, they yeah. started going to Mac Collins on Marcus Jones a little bit, and then the the touchdown that was. Um, the, the disputed play in the corner of the end zone where it looked like he may have been out um, ties the game. And you you, you need a little bit more uh, defensively, I think, in that yeah, spot. I, th- I think in a way that because of all the issues with the offense, we, we didn't talk as much about the defense yesterday. And one of the most disturbing things from this game against the Saints for me was the 24% pressure rate on Derek Carr. 
beside, despite blitzing almost 50% of the time. So they blitzed Derek Carr a ton in that game, and they still couldn't get to him. Was and that the Judon effect? It, yep. it, without Judon, it's, it. it's a big concern of whether or not they're going to be able to muster up really any pass rush without Judon because they tried blitzing. Uh, they tried, uh, you know, four-man rushes, standard rushes, picks, you know, you know, stunts, whatever you want to call them. Like, they, they tried pretty much everything. Uh, to get it's after funny, Derek because Carr. Because I would argue couldn't. even on one of the sacks, they really didn't have pressure. Miles Bryant's yeah. sack. Yeah. I mean, that it took like 10 minutes. Carr took yeah. forever, you know, and yeah. he just decided, oh, I'll just take the sack and we'll kick the field goal. Yeah, I mean, it was 24% pressure rate is, is not good when you're blitzing 48% of the time. <sighs> on the offensive side of the ball. I think you shook him. Do we think that we're going to see uh, Tyquan Thornton back out God, there? I hope so. Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I it's, it's. And does that help? <laughs> We'll find out. Don't I mean, have his definitive I, I, an answer. I mean, I, I, I got to say, I like that, you know, their hand is forced a little bit. It's too bad that Pop is one of the guys that's probably going to be out. I'm assuming Juju and Pop will be out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they think it's Juju. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe Kayshawn Booty gets back in there. You know, I, I mean, I'd love to see somebody. I mean, it seems like somebody's got to get some extra snaps. So, if is it's it not Rager? Thornton, who is this? Maybe, Instead of uh Booty? Maybe Rager, you know, maybe they're starting to sniff around some, some different pieces there, try to get some speed or, you know, something. But... I just, uh, I, I mean, we'd all love to see Tyquan Thornton get out there, make a couple plays, look fast, look like he's going to change the offense a little bit. I'm just, you know, I'm not optimistic. I haven't seen that happen yet with him on the field. One of the things, going back to the Dallas game, one of the things that they were doing really early um, that I kind of liked the Patriots offense, there was a lot of motion, a lot of getting guys in motion. And I think doing that with Thornton will help, you know, maybe get him a head start, you know, so he People don't get a clean shot at him at the line of scrimmage. I, I would like to see that if they're going to use him. Yeah, um, I'm actually maybe a little bit more positive on Tyquan Thornton than most people. Maybe I'm taking the cheese, and that's my <laughs> fault, and I'll be wrong again about this player. But in the spring, uh, as limited as he was at, at times in the spring and in camp, it felt like Bill O'Brien had a plan of how are we going to get this guy off the line of scrimmage, to your point, right? Motion, stack alignments, playing him out of the slot, like different things that you can do to get him away from press coverage. I think last year, a lot of the time, they just played him at the X, and he saw a lot of press coverage, and he's just too small to get off the line of scrimmage against good corners and physical corners. If they can find a way, just like Miami does with their speed guys and other teams do with their speed guys, to just get him into foot races out on the football field and basically create, you know, games of tag all over the place where it's not a physical battle, uh, then I think that he can help this team. They don't have a lot of guys on this team that can run by somebody with yeah. speed. Such an opportunity for him to just like where the team is at, where he's coming into a spot where they probably going to be down two receivers anyway. So it's you know kind of a spot waiting for him to step in and, and have a role in this offense. So it's it's a huge opportunity for a second round pick in a second year and and it's I don't want to say it's now or never but yeah it's, it's kind of now or never. it's well, now or never and they, yeah. and they did and, and you guys I think Evan you said when you got back from practice that that starts the clock and th it indeed did um, you know when we found out um, at four o'clock on the wire that so to your point Mike there's three weeks so it is now or never like it's yeah. it's time for him and they they need it with those two guys out opportunity there for him. Absolutely. You know, and in terms of the atmosphere, I think this is, would be a welcome relief for the team, particularly Mac Jones. I think, you know, it's probably going to be 50% Patriots fans, and they're probably not the type of fans that are going to be booing. <laughs> you know, they're, they're yeah. there that have a good time, and they're not, you know, uh, I'd say as impatient as the home fans. 
So I think that's going to be good for Mac. Yeah, um, I agree. Obviously, weather's not going to be a factor because we're indoors. Um, so We said that in Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Or in the most gorgeous day I've ever seen a football game played at Jordan <laughs> yeah. Stadium no, on I, Sunday. That's pretty nice. But the atmosphere was tough. Yeah. It was yeah. brutal. I, I mean, I could hear the Packer fans the other night. Like, I mean, it's, you know, the, 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 the away team usually I wanted has to ask, a contingent. It's I interesting. To ask in, the, in the NFL, I've noticed more and more that these, these games are less – hardcore home field advantage games like i think maybe because the price of the tickets or whatever Vegas specifically or just no anywhere yeah, i anywhere. don't agree the secondary markets are such that it's so easy to buy these tickets now and make money if you're a season ticket holder that they're doing it and they're getting yeah, bought I, by t- people who want to travel there's more and more road fans at these games now i think than ever i i i think there are some enormous home fields i i don't think you'd see that happen in kansas city I, I, well, I, think, I don't think you see it happen in outlier. Seattle. I think Vegas is an outlier. Well, I, I don't think, know. I mean, like in Green Bay a few weeks ago, there was a ton of Lions fans there for in that. In Dallas, Packers there was Lions a ton game. of Patriots fans. Yeah. I mean, if the Patriots, I, I didn't started, hear any of them. I, I, I mean, I know oh, everybody says I, that. I, I know. I, I that Green I mean, Bay game, the that. Monday night game, that was that sounded no, like a home. But there game was for nothing to cheer about. But I'm telling you, there were. It was like 35, 40 percent Patriots fans in at Dallas. No, okay, I mean well, it's not all about about ninety eight percent Green Bay fans. The, 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 the Packers Vegas. released a statement on it because it's Vegas. The no. Packers released a statement saying that we know there were a lot of Lions fans at Lambeau right. last night. We're sorry, like you know, like <laughs> please don't sell your tickets to but that's people happening. from Detroit. That's happening though. They're putting them on the secondary market. And There'll be something to keep an eye they on. They can't I, control who buys. You yeah. certainly know a lot more about that stuff than I'm, I do. I'm I telling you, I wouldn't yeah. argue with well, you. Well, you're there, but I think Vegas is unique, and that's and I oh, mean Vegas, I've read articles about Vegas, it's it's a mishmash. Yeah, Vegas, Arizona. It's like the, it's like the Chargers. Yeah, because yeah, my initial reaction like would be too. there's no way there's going to be a ton of Patriots fans, but I think Vegas is different. Vegas is definitely different. Yeah. There's always more. L. A. There's yeah. always more because yeah. they're destinations. But I'm telling you, but like, places, there's not going to be a ton of Patriots fans in the Buffalo game when they play no. at Buffalo. No. But like, places no. like Green Bay and like that, that you know, historically it would be all green and in gold. You're seeing more and more road fans going because it's just easier to buy tickets. Yeah. Well, I mean, specifically to the Lions too. I feel like when a new team is kind of on the upswing and they've been looking up at the Packers for a while, and it's like, hey. Let's drive to Wisconsin and get some right. cheese curds and watch the it's Packers. Lam- it's Lambeau. You finally have a good team. Let's make that a destination. Yeah. I think Vegas is a destination. Yeah. There's I also think just Dallas, a lot of people, you know, speaking as one that was a transplant out on the West Coast yeah. at one point in time. There's a there's a really really big L.A. Patriot contingent. Oh sure. And yeah. Vegas is a three hour easy you know in the desert type of drive. Why not? If you're gonna yeah. pick a road game. Oh, I would. That's a destination game. Like yeah. you know, yep. um, a few years ago they played in Nashville. That was a yep. big destination game. I think Dallas was too. But I'd be surprised. I mean, like I said, I I trust Freddie because he knows more about this stuff than I do. But I'd be surprised if that's a yeah, a yeah. thing that well, you guys are in like the every week. Green Bay is going to have to fight you see. that. I mean, we oh, yeah. only get what I have to admit. I pay zero attention. Let to me the tell crowd you, at Dallas, if, if the there stadium. was something to cheer for, you would have heard the Patriots fans. There were a lot so of them. It's a an lot. all twenty-two. It's not on all sixty-five thousand. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I could not care less. But not not like to the fans. Like just on a game day, that's not really my you're where not my just, focus. You're not just scanning the crowd looking for hot chicks in the stands. No, I like to tease Evan, but I largely agree with him. I don't really notice that. I mean, the other night it was hard to miss it, to Freddie's point. And I know that he's right about the yeah. Green Bay-Detroit game, too. There were a lot of Detroit people there. Um, but the other night it was, like, noticeable. There was yep. 
good things happening for Green Bay, and you couldn't tell. I mean, when the when good things yeah. were happening, both teams, the Raiders because the Raiders crowd is loud. So even when they were scoring, there was a, a roar that wasn't really all that different than when when Green Bay was scoring. Yeah, be interesting what it sounds like. Yeah, this weekend. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, if it's if there's something to cheer for, you're going to hear it for for obviously both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but, but I think, I, I that's think just Vegas one of the, deals with that every game. That's just one. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, that's just one of the intangibles that, you know, you talk about this game that it's going to be different from the last game when they were home. This could be a more welcoming environment, believe it or not. Well, I don't think it's going to be. I wonder what it's like for the uh, the hockey team there, the Golden Knights that just won the Stanley Cup and oh, stuff. God, if, they, if that's similar kind of So we went to a game last year before oh, yeah. the, uh, yeah, yeah. the Patriots-Raiders game last year. I went in and saw my old friend Bruce, and, you know, I gave him a standing O uh, when they announced him on the bench. Yep, I was very excited to see Yay. Bruce. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, it was like the people around us, it's bachelor parties. It's like yeah. out of, like people that are there for – like there's no Golden Knights fans. <laughs> like the like, hardcore people. No, around. it's not like it was like, you know, in, in the you know, we went to a preseason game a, like a couple weeks ago. You would have thought that that was a regular season game. I mean, the you know, the place yeah. when the Bruins scored pasta, scored a couple times, the place erupted. Like, you know, like, when you were in Vegas, it was just kind of like guys well, are like talking that, about other wasn't things. Wasn't that the weekend wild. that there was – that was Jerry, the Jerry incident at the Raiders yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. there was a big right. fight at – the game you were at uh, was right? there yeah. I, I mean i wasn't a part of that <laughs> yeah but uh you know it was uh it, it was interesting to see the you know i go to a ton of bruins games and it's interesting to see the difference between like a bruins crowd and a vegas golden right. knights crowd there's it's, like it's guys quite different. there's like guys in the crowd last night like i don't know i got tickets i guess they're raising a banner or something yeah like, you want to go yeah. i don't yeah. we, we got nothing else to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. freddie talking yeah. about what we're gonna do after the game <laughs> like things like that do you think because obviously that is a huge element of the vegas teams you know, it's that kind of novelty thing. Do you think that's sustainable that you get a lot of because they don't care right now because their their buildings are full. Yeah. Yeah. But like how many years in a row are you making the trip to Vegas to see your team? Right. Like right now, that's pretty cool. You know, we'll go to Vegas, we'll catch a Bruins game, we'll go to Vegas, you know, catch a Patriots game. It was fun. But are you going to do that like every year? Yeah, I know. Well, I don't like, try. Like, it doesn't like, have to be 15, the same people. Like fifteen years from sustainable. now, sustainable. Yeah. Well, eventually their team has to do get its own following. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do yeah. you think that will happen? I think for the Raiders it will. I don't know. You know, hockey in the desert. I mean, they won a know. Stanley Cup. Like if you they don't did. get a little I mean, bit of a bandwagon a, going, they won the a place Stanley is electric. Cup, and Bruce brought the cup here <laughs> to <laughs> celebrate here because just, nobody in right, Vegas in wanted desert, to celebrate with him. Is that right? Yeah, he brought the cup back here. And I, I yeah, know I'm mad about it. Yeah. Everybody's probably like losing. Like the Patriots are one and four, and they're talking about fan bases in Las Vegas. But no, oh, that's hey, true. Hey, we're playing Vegas this weekend. This is this is what we do. Sunshine.com. No, but I think you know, like tune in at four what what it's going to be like during the game i think is is a factor but uh you know it 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 will come down as we know to just you know playing smart football not turning it over um but i think i give the raiders the edge i i you have to give them the edge right now you know i think they're cursed in that building until further notice and i'm just not gonna pick the Patriots in that stadium I didn't really want to go digging in that preseason game but what was like it was just terrible offense right like oh, I, I don't really remember the details of it but I remember oh, last coming year? away they last year's preseason oh, they, they, game they, of, like, they just wanted to go home yeah, the preseason game around. they got thoroughly dominated yeah they, yeah. Got, they, they didn't even want to be there I mean yeah. literally they wanted out I just didn't I didn't really want to bring it up or relive yeah. it but I remember it not yeah. being good we talked to the quarterback this morning 
just to he seemed chipper it was an interesting conversation. Jokes. I thought one of the the awkward laughs. The biggest uh, takeaway, yeah, the the laugh was a little awkward. Uh, the biggest takeaway that I that I had from it though was him talking about uh, how he hasn't been communicating very well with his receivers the last he said years, like couple of years. And uh, you know, on on film, I, I think that that you can see it. You know, especially with Juju, but I think in general, you you're writing down and kind of making mental notes of like. I'm not really sure if that route was exactly ran the way that the quarterback is expecting him to run it. And he, he was talking about that, like having those types of conversations with his receivers of like, Hey, you know, on this route, I really want you to like, you know, break it off like this, or, you know, you broke it off at six yards instead of yeah. at, at eight. And that threw me off or like those types of things. And I, I think that that's all over this film is just a lack of overall trust yeah. in what they're doing. Like you're going to be in the spot and the ball's going to be there when it's supposed to be. And the protection's going to hold up when it's supposed to. And, and I think that that's sort of the conversations that are going on behind the walls. It's, it's weird to hear. Cause I've always really thought of Mac as like a pre-snap field general. And that's not something that would, <laughs> well, I think he's like sort of talking. <laughs> What's so funny. Paul? <laughs> I, I, I just, <laughs> sorry, Taylor. <laughs> I, I, I think he was more talking. I know you're joking, but ta- just to clarify, he's more talking about like coming to the sideline after, you know, coming off the field and, and going up to uh, a Pop Douglas, a Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Mike Kosicki and saying, hey, you know, on that route, I was really kind of expecting you to be here yeah. and you were just like there. And that's that the Brady thing, too. And- the Brady thing was like, you were on this blade of grass. I needed yeah. you on that blade of grass. Correct. Correct. Like, that's how quickly... And I think that that's that's all over the place uh, with this offense right now is just an overall lack of it's not synced up. Right. And I'm not talking about last year where like the drops weren't synced up to the routes and like the spacing was a mess. I'm more just talking about like the chemistry of the the players themselves. So I also thought it was interesting again. And this is the second week in a row. um, The question was posed to him. This was kind of about starting over. You know, that was the theme post game. And into Monday when they changed the schedule and we thought maybe there would be changes. But he Mac was asked what starting over entails, and he talked a lot about his footwork. He focused on his footwork, but his eyes. And I keep talking about his eyes because that's what looks to me like the problem is, is that he is too quickly looking at the pass rush and being affected by the pass rush as opposed to keeping his eyes downfield. Yep. Marry that with something Bill said this morning – about the pressure stats, yeah, which you know, Bill's a little like Paul. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying the stats. <laughs> that was Bill's an just, easy way out of that like, question, huh? Right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. About, I don't know. Why about don't we stats. just watch the games then, Bill? <laughs> so you know, and and this is why I think that maybe you know, the the problems that we're seeing are not just going to magically go away. I think there's some there's some internal stuff going on. And Bill said, "Yeah, I'm not really sure about, about those pressure stats. There's plays that he's pressured. There's plays that he's not pressured." In other words, it's not all about the pressure, guys. The quarterback's got to play better, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I just think that that's what they're trying to hammer to him is, like, you'd have to trust what you're seeing and just run the place. Keep your foot where his footwork has been a mess. We've talked about yeah. that. Evan talked about that, to Evan's credit, when he was playing reasonably well. Mm-hmm. He was talking about some of the throws he was making with, with kind of bad footwork and mechanics. So... There's a lot of stuff to fix. Does he have the yips? Is that? I, mean, I think he has the yips. I think right he's now. seeing yips. ghosts. Yeah. yeah, is what I think. Like I think that 
even in the clean pockets, you look at an antsy quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like it's just an unsettled antsy quarterback. And if I see him throw with his feet parallel to the line of scrimmage again, I'm going to like, you know, like you got to cut that stuff out, right? Like you got to cut out the fadeaways, the back foot Mac, the parallel feet to the line of scrimmage because you're just bracing, you know, for contact. And I think in a lot of ways that's playing quarterback. You got to step into the throw. And if you get hit, you get hit. That's the position. Both, both bills were asked, you know, it was, Mac going to start this week and both said yes but what happens if Mac has a bad practice you know I mean and that's I mean I think it goes to the point Bill O'Brien said where it was look we're just we want to have a good fundamental day today and we'll see where that gets us and tomorrow you know so I think even they are are pulling back on you know when they asked Bill O'Brien he's like I think so I think so you know like it wasn't like of course not making any changes we're not making any changes right I wonder if that is everything or just quarterback i think he was asked specifically just about quarterbacks i assume it was just quarterback but if they don't make some changes on the offensive line then i don't really know what they're doing like if they roll and you know and health permitted right like if mike on and cole strange aren't available then they they can't play those guys but they have to find something better than vidarian low they they have to find something better like i i, I don't whether it's Riley Reef out there, on Wenu out there, uh, for the love of God, calling Leal Collins and, and offering him a contract, like they the Jets. they have to find somebody better at right tackle uh, than Vidarian Lowe, and I'd hope that the guards get healthy and and yeah. they get and you talk about like starting over, like that's the whole mantra here this week. Like, why don't you just go back to the line that you thought you were going to have? Like, what what's wrong with that? Because this is clearly not working. So even if Riley Reef looked rough at tackle and training camp, it can't be much worse than this. No. So let's just go back to in March when you signed yeah. the tackles. You said it was going to be Brown, Strange, Andrews on Wenu Reef. Like just just play that on they, Sunday and see can, what happens. Though. You just don't know though with Wenu and and Cole Strange still hurt. Like you know, know what I mean? Those are that's the complication of it all. And I mean, I I, I see what you're saying. I, we saw on Wenu walk through the locker room yesterday, and you know, it wasn't looked limping okay. or anything. It looked okay, but yeah. Speaking of injuries. Judon's still not on IR. Yeah. So they, they do think that he has a shot? I mean, even if they thought he had a shot, like, I mean, they could put him you out. Could put, and still put him on he's IR, He's not coming right? back in yeah. three he's weeks. He's not playing in the next yeah. three games. No. Right. That's what so I mean. So I don't really understand. I, it, I don't understand it. I think it's financial. Uh, okay. There's a money thing to it? I, I think that there's nobody that they deem worthy of the roster spot. So there's no reason to give a raise to a practice squad player by signing him to the 53-man roster. That seems weird. I mean, I mean who, we're, we're who, talking about pennies, right? But not, I mean, yeah, but like who who are who on the practice squad is going to get get I his mean, spot right Farms now? Farms and Munson are the ones that have already been promoted twice. So those would probably be I mean, Farms would probably be the top candidate or maybe Rieger if they like him. I don't know. That I mean, I'm not really It's Rieger promoted twice. Uh, no, just once. once. Just, just once. the first week, yeah. I mean, they put or Christian Gonzalez on IR knowing that his season was over, but also because they wanted to make a roster spot for Riley Reef. So yeah. they put, you know, that was the that so, was the transaction. I mean, you could see wait and see with Thornton if they have to, you know, if they're going to activate well, Thornton or yeah. Cody Davis or Trey Flowers, then you know, I, he I'm might be. I'm going to assume, that might, that and might this be might be a bad assumption, but I'm going to assume that, that Thornton is activated this week, so someone's going to have to go. Yep, yep. And then you'll see the move because there's somebody worth taking his spot. But will okay. it be him or will it be, you know, one of the receivers that's dealing with a concussion? Maybe, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I look, I I hope that Juju is, is 
on a personal level, I hope he's physically oh, okay. Obviously, yeah. But Fred's the only one that roots for injuries, <laughs> and not for Patriots. Placing him on on injured reserve, and you know, we talk about like with Mac. You know, both Bills were asked about mental breaks from. That guy might yeah. just need a mental break and a physical, and a physical break yeah. and just, just a break generally. Just in general, like it hasn't it's worked. Break. It's it, a break up. <laughs> it, it hasn't worked out, and it's it's almost kind of convenient. I hate to say it that way, but like now you have a reason to not play him, right? Exactly. And it's not like we're all going to sit here and be like, you have this sixteen million dollar receiver right. on the you safe face. We're sniffing right. around the same thing, Evan, right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're yeah. Like, just gonna move. Right? Yeah, yeah. All right, 855-PASS-500 is the Ace Ticket Hotline. Web radio at Patriots.com is the email address. Uh, let's get to the phones. Patty's in Agawam. What's up, Patty? What's up, Jen? Hey. Hey, Patty. I just wanted to go over a couple things, a couple positives, and then I want to address what uh, one of the things you guys said yesterday. Um, <clears throat> Polly, yes, the sir. interview with you and Rodney Harrison and, and Matt Smith was absolutely friggin' awesome. I just I forgot to call in last week and tell you that, but uh, thank you. My only complaint was that it was too short. Yeah, you know? he was uh, he was a little busy that night. He was uh, he squeezed us in, so we uh, we took what we could get. Yeah, I understand. He's my out of all my you know thirty plus years of being a fan. He's my second favorite Patriot of all time behind Brady. Behind, Even though behind he was Drew, yeah, me too. Brady, oh. yeah, Drew's up there too, but uh, <laughs> I mean, he was just great. Now Harrison, um, Fred will tell you Harrison supplanted Drew in my rankings. Yeah. That's how much I like Rodney. Me too. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm very excited to see what Taekwon could possibly bring to this to this offense this week if he's activated. Um, that's the one positive I had. And um, when you guys were saying yesterday, you know, will fans after Bill retires, you know, will they come back and and, and cheer him? Of course, you know, it it you know it's preposterous to think that everything that he did for this franchise. I mean, you look at the mess that he inherited in 2000, and the next year they win the friggin' Super Bowl, and Brady wasn't Brady then. You know, say what you want. That was that was mostly you know a full compliment complimentary team win throughout those playoffs. And I would I would say 03 and 04. You could you could make the argument for that too. Um, but just you know the mess. I said this after the Dallas game. I mean, this offense it's it's not gonna unless. You know, Taekwon Thornton is the savior. Um, it's probably not going to get any better this year. Yeah. You know, I hope. I have my fingers crossed, Freddie. But, all right. you know, I think, I think it kind of is what it is. And that's all I got. Guys. Thanks, Patty. Uh, let's go to Eddie in L.A. What's up, Eddie? Eddie. 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 All right, Freddie. Call back. I Michael's in Miami. Freddy. What's up, Michael, on line three? Oh, no. Hi, gentlemen. Can oh. you hear me? Wow. Yes. Oh. Yeah, line three's crazy. Coming. It's too Good clear. Job. Yeah. Good yeah. job, Morell. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so just, you know, there's just been so much negativity around the team lately, so I thought maybe we'd take it into a, a positive approach. And I'm only 27 years old, so obviously I've been so spoiled now for so long. And I remember my first game in sixth grade, staying up late to make sure I got to watch that Monday night football with the Bills and Pats and, you know, watch Brady have that four-minute comeback at the end of the game and, it's just such a great memory of mine, and I'd love to hear some of y'all's you know, favorite memories from games over that you know, dynasty run that really take you back to the good old days and oh. just 
to appreciate what Bill and, and Brady have done for the franchise. There'll Thank be, you. There'll be time for that. Right, yeah, right, right, right now, cool. we're just, we'll do a little of that in the offseason. We're, we're just worried about that. was a good game. Raiders, I was at that game. Yeah. That was a fun game. Was, oh, yeah. Was well, well, game. People were leaving. Those are off-season shows, you know, reminiscing about trivia. Yeah. Mike, mm-hmm. trivia. Mm-hmm. You recall mm-hmm. Brady threw two touchdown passes to Benjamin Watson yeah. in the last, like, four minutes. Yeah. How... How, who fumbled for the Bills oh, to give God. the Patriots the oh, ball? Oh, God. Back? Leotis McKelvin. Excellent job. Wow. Good job. Oh. Well done. Yeah. Brandon Merriweather, Big Bang Clock. Uh, I think Leotis not, McKelvin. Not, what was he doing bringing it out? Act I mean, you, like talk about, <laughs> you talk about, like, dumb decisions that help, like, so, open the door. So like, I actually think it was the right decision to bring the ball yeah. out because he wanted the clock to run down to the two-minute warning, yeah. which is something that if a Patriot had done during that time, we would have written books about. <laughs> the only difference is the Patriots returner wouldn't have fumbled the ball. <laughs> uh, Ron at Conway, New Hampshire. I only have a couple thoughts um, considering that our season, in my opinion, is over. So Thornton is supposedly off IR and Mac will start. Our O-line still sucks and I feel like Mac has lost the team and they don't trust him at all, which is why there's constant mistakes. I'd love to blame Mac 100%, but I can't entirely. The most gray area in the wide receiver room is Taekwon. I mean, is he really going to, uh, A, play or start? And if he does, will he actually make a difference in the game before he gets hurt again? This team is in disarray right now and has no focus. As far as Bill saying they're starting over, what the hell does that even mean? Anyway, just asking your opinion on things. It can't can, possibly be worse. Yeah. Can Thornton make a difference? Um, Nobody is making a difference at the moment. Yeah, that's... So, like, it, might as well try. Anybody. And I would say the same thing about Keishon Booty at this point, who yep. I'm not the biggest fan of in general. But at this point, if if he can catch one like he did in the preseason and break a tackle and and make a big play happen, all for it. Maybe like, score a touchdown. Let the kids play. Let it, let it, you know. Let some new guys get in there. It's clearly not working with Devontae Parker and Juju and and Kendrick Bourne. So why, what's the harm? I can't see Parker's snaps getting like limited at all, though. You know, like he, like it feels like no matter what, he is going to be out there, and Max going to keep taking those shots to him. Yep, that part's uh, frustrating. Let's go to Spee in Fresno. What's up, Spee? Yeah, I, I love uh, Paul's line. Why is Fred on birth control yesterday? <laughs> That's so hilarious. It's, it's like the kids. classic PFW where you sneak a good one in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> Because you're always yapping. <laughs> I'm always yapping. Well, Mike, 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 Mike's good at those. Uh, Fred is just more over the top. He'll just knock you over the head. My ass sort of <laughs> I live for um, those. So, like, uh, on old PFW shows, someone used to say that it's, like, it's maybe a little dangerous to try and to figure out what's going on in Bill's mind. But I, I did have a question about that. Maybe you guys could help me on better, better understand it. Because so he consistently... He consistently acts like he doesn't maybe care what anyone else thinks, but that's got to be a total front because he's obsessed with the history of the game, and he has to like care about his legacy in it. So, like, unless he's gone Mr. Magoo right now, and I don't think he's done that. I, like, he, he must think that everything that's gone on post Brady with his coaching and GMing, like somehow they're not damaging his legacy. Like he must be thinking that either historic, like history is going to forget these three or four years or they're going to blame it on everyone not named bill i mean that's got to be what's going on in his his head right that's a tough place to get into i I mean 
I don't know. I, I part of me wonders if like he preaches and I, and I like this about him as a coach is that he preaches, you know, focus on today, focus on the moment, you know, and, and I just it's impossible, I'd say, for most people not to think about those things, to think about the big picture. And, oh, my God, like, geez, it's been a really rough run and everything I've been doing is bad. But, you know, part of me wonders if he really, really just kind of stays focused on we lost last week. We got to you know play better this week. Like, you know what I mean? If he really lives that. I but I don't know how he would do it. I mean, I, I certainly know if it, myself in that position, it would be snowballing for me. All the, you know, the decisions that I made that haven't worked. And, you know, it feels like you're trying to help the team, but in some ways you're hurting the team. And I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a tough person to figure out. Yeah. I, I, when, when I say that I don't think that Bill cares about what people think, I'm talking about fans. I think Bill very much cares about what peers in, you know, the history of the game thinks. I, I think you don't you think Freddie that he cares about his legacy and well, how he's perceived. But, yeah. I, but are those people going to change? The, like I, I don't think that no. those people are going to change their minds. I don't, I don't either. But it's like, us in in the in the fans and like the, when we're saying he needs to make a change at quarterback, mind. he doesn't really care what Paul thinks that they need to do at quarterback. I think he cares about making the right decision yeah. and winning. Yes, but I don't think what other people think is going to affect those decisions. Right. Like that, he, that's what I, yeah, I guess that he, he you said it better than he I He believes in what he believes. Yeah. You know, and that's how he, that dictates his decision-making. The question is, yeah, and, and part, you know, is, is, is it antiquated? Right. Yeah. yeah that, that's yeah. one of the questions. That'd be kind my, of my biggest to one. point there before about kind of selectively maybe forgetting and just putting on blinders and going on to the next week. Mm. That's a, that there's an advantage to that, but there's a disadvantage of that too. If you're not making your picture adjustments in parallel with that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the macro view of it. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a, you know, we got, we had him this morning at the press conference and it's the same old bill, you know, like you would have no idea they're one and four and coming off of two of the worst losses that he's ever coached the team to. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks, B. I mean, the problem is he really can't say what he's thinking, you know, because to his credit, he's not going to throw people under the bus. You know, it's it's we're all we all need to do better. We all need coaches, everybody. That's that's what it is. But it's but it's his fault. So, like, in order to throw people under the bus, he'd have to throw himself under the bus first. Like they're in this position because of him. So, like, to sit there and, and like if. I give him credit, I guess, for not pointing fingers. But if he starts pointing fingers at other people, then like it's like, well, wait a second. Like, and I think that's where you know, to a degree, I I think that's where Mac comes from with it. Is like every you know, you're blaming me. Like you're telling me that well, fifty percent of the time, Mac, you're not under pressure, even though fifty percent of the time I am. And like then it you know affects the clean pocket, you know, you know stuff as much as it does the other stuff. And I have nobody to throw to. But yeah, it's my you're, fault. You're talking about GM Bill. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, and Coach Bill. He, he built I'm the team. I'm talking about Coach Bill. Too. I think both Bills. Yeah, I, I still have faith in Coach Bill. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just naive. No. Well, first of all, anybody that has been watching the Patriots for, for two decades that feels like Bill is still a good, like, why would that be wrong? Like this guy has put together a program unlike any other. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anybody that thinks that he can still coach at a high level is wrong. Like you have 20 years of evidence to prove your side. Yeah. I just don't like some of the things I've seen coaching wise. And my big thing is the thing that I always talk about is just his mentality of how you structure a team now. And I, I, I think the whole notion of the, you know, the big play receiver, he does not agree with. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's interesting, Paul? I was actually thinking about this because we've we've talked about this a couple times. It's like you know, I get that he believes it, 
but there's a disconnect because he's got the 32nd ranked special teams in the league for the second year in a row. You know, like like things are going wrong that even he subscribes to. Like, you know, if if the Patriots still somehow are like the best special teams, and you know, and they're one and four, and you know, but it's. It's like, what's the disconnect for him? Like, and, he can't even execute what he believes now, you and know? It, and it's like, yep. you know, so everybody points to Chad Ryland, right? You know, and it's the field. So he's four for eight. If Nick Folk was here, what would he be? Six for eight? Probably six for yeah. seven, because mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't have attempted the 57-yarder <laughs> yeah, right. in the rain, right? He missed a 48-yard field goal last week in a game they lost 34 to nothing, and he, list, he missed a 48-yard field goal the previous week in a game they lost 38 to three. In a dome, right? Right. That it wouldn't make a difference. So, in other words, if Nick Folk was here and made all the kicks that Chad Ryland has missed, you'd be one Same and four. four. Yep. Which is kind of my special teams point in a nutshell. Yeah. Like it, it does. I, yeah. I, I'm not excusing the fact that they haven't been good on special teams because it's not just about field goal kicking. They haven't been good on special teams on a consistent level through the five games. They had plays here and there. They had a good punt return. I think Marcus Jones had a good punt return the first week. Ty Montgomery had a good kick return the first week, and the blocked field goal was outstanding. There's been a lot of bad plays, too, not just missed field goals. I think everybody puts this with Chad Ryland. You had Nick Folk. Why would you fix something that wasn't broken? Yeah, and, but like to, to your, what end? And like, to your point too, like where's Chris Board? Like you know, we 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 were this is you know he trumpeted him last year when he came in with the Lions and well, know, but but to Paul's no point, impact. who cares like, at li- this point? He li- like he li- like yeah. Chris Board like lined up incorrectly on a kickoff. That was one of the penalties. <laughs> you, know? you know, lined up improperly. This is the guy that you targeted as one of the best special teams players in the league. Matthew Slater has three penalties. Now, one of them was garbage because it wasn't his fault that. He was out of bounds and happened to go back in, and the ball bounced into the back of his leg, and he was uh, called for illegal touching. That's a little unfortunate, but it's just, I think, indicative of. I mean, special teams are important when you're a competitive team. That could be the difference right. between if, winning or losing yeah. a game. But if, when you're getting blown out, yeah. doesn't matter. And I get right. it. Like last year, you're giving up multiple kick returns for touchdowns. You're getting punts blocked. You know that that a big that's like disaster special teams that's costing you games. That hasn't happened this year. Even though your special teams are struggling, you're not giving up kick returns every game and getting punts blocked every game. Yeah, the special teams thing is what it is, but, like, I just – I don't know if he's particularly, like, game-planned all that well on defense, and that's, like, supposed to be the one thing that we can always, like, hang our hats on is that Bill will have a plan defensively, and they'll figure – like – in all the games this year, besides, I guess, the Eagles game, I think they had a decent plan, but that was also week one, and they had all offseason to prepare, and the Eagles were sloppy, and, you know, Mike McDaniel pantsed him again when he played the Dolphins. Well, the Cowboys, well, right down the field. But I'll even go them. with your point for the, for the game plan. First drive of the season, the Eagles went right down the field, had goal to go, and you forced a field goal. Because he okay. tripped all over him. So. Okay, no, but he went, they went right down the field, you, and you ended up getting a stop, but... My point is the other team drove 70 yards, yeah. kicked a field goal. The next week, Miami drove 70 yards. That was the game that Tua tripped yeah. on third down. Field goal. But where is the – I'm playing – now against the Jets, it was a 3-0 and out because that was the Jets. You know, and then again, first first drive of the uh, the Dallas game, right down the field, field yeah. goal. Well, and most of these were followed up with another scoring drive. This, by the way. This yeah, conversation. I think, I, up until, At the beginning of the game, they're not ready to play defense yeah. either. Yep, and then this conversation is going to happen next week with the same thing with Josh Allen. Vore, all right, 
what do you got this time how for? Many, like, how many years how are many, we going to go before? Right. Like, basically, and I this is one thing I, I kind of agree with Bedard on, they've sort of just given up trying to defend the Bills and the Dolphins at this point. Like they're just, they just go into these games and are like, just don't, don't just don't hang 40 on us. Right. <laughs> like we're going to play three deep safeties or we're going to play, you know, against Josh Allen. We're going to just play like soft zone coverage and just keep the top on the defense. And just, as long as you guys don't score 40 points, then we're going to be fine. Like that, you know, that that's, that's okay with us. Like I, it just, they're being outscored 36 to six in the first quarter. That's not all I mean, picks. And imagine not all if pick you sixes. and if you imagine if you went back into last year with that too. I mean, it would be even now more. Now with some pick sixes, because that's been a problem. <laughs> yeah, but. but with Josh Allen, I just I'd, I'd love to ask him like, do you change the plan? Like, you know, have have you evolved the plan? I mean, none of them have worked, but each time you face him, do you come up with something different to try to throw? It just seems yeah. like. We're going to spin the dial and try not to let him hit deep shots on us and then hope that yep. he's going to throw us some interceptions. And if he doesn't, we're going to lose for, what is it, seven, eight, however many times they've We'll lose them. like 31 to 17 instead of 45 to uh, 17. All right. Bridgestone is the official tire of the New England Patriots and proud partner with Sullivan Tire, New England's headquarters for quality Bridgestone tires. Visit SullivanTire.com to find the location near you. Paul's Pizzas are here. We'll be right back after this. Get in on the action with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the New England Patriots. New customers can download the DraftKings app now and play free for millions in prizes using code PATS. That's code PATS only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Isn't it time to get exactly what you want? Welcome to Red Hot Deal Days from Verizon, where you get your pick of our best deals. Like my plan, where you can pick the perks you want and save on every one. For limited time, bring your own phones to a Verizon store and you can get my plan for our best price ever. Get exactly what you want in your phone plan and only pay for what you need. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today and get my plan. These deals won't last. It's your Verizon. We are back with the PU Halftime Show. Matisse Baumann here with Mike Dussault, Evan Lazar, Alex Francisco. Full full house today. Oh, yeah. Um, let's get into some trivia first. Don't answer it, as always. Question, and this is to win a Patriots Unfiltered t-shirt, Ooh, all right? Nice. The official one with the sticker on it, right, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> Evan will sign it for you. Yeah. Not, not the knockoff on Twitter. Okay, question one. In December 2005, in a game against the Buccaneers, which offensive lineman caught his first NFL touchdown pass after lining up as an eligible tight end? All right. I don't know that one. All right. That's question one. Question two. The Patriots' first playoff game in franchise history was in the AFL in 1963. They defeated the Buffalo Bills in the AFL Divisional Playoff 26-8. to However, they lost the AFL Championship game 51-10. to to which other AFL team? Oh, okay. I know that one. And question three. This is going to segue very well into our topic for the day, all right? What year did Gillette Stadium switch to artificial turf? Oh, yeah. All right? Yeah. Send your answers into webradio at patriots.com. And, guys, that is the topic for the day. It's a big, hot topic in the league. Natural hot, grass. Hot topic. Hot topic. Natural grass versus artificial turf. What should the league go by? What like we know what the players want. What are your thoughts? Uh, on just it? like whatever makes the most money. Like how can we make the most money? I don't really care about <laughs> health, ACLs. Like just money. We need like concerts. We need high school football games. We need to be able to do 
multiple. No, I mean, that's probably what the NFL thinks. And that's like, yeah. I, I don't think there's really much chance of, uh, I mean, I know the World Cup's coming, Matisse, and you're, you're a soccer guy. So I know that there's like FIFA, don't they have to have? It's required that all, all, um, Stadiums must be grass, like to certain specifications. When players yeah. such as Messi and Thierry Henry come to the MLS, they sometimes have it written in their contracts that they can't play on turf. <laughs> like it's it's a legit thing. So, so it's coming here. Worth that much money that right? you're just like, yeah, I won't. I, I don't play on the, in these games if it's turf. yeah. It's like how- like I don't write on any keyboard other than plastic. Like I don't want it. <laughs> right? right? Can we have like our own things? Like oh, that? my finger, my finger got jammed in this plastic keyboard. I'm hurt. If it's raining, I work from home. Like is that? Can I? Can <laughs> I set that? If the drop ceiling is dripping on me from my desk. I won't come. Oh wait. <laughs> oh, that is what's happening. Oh wait. <laughs> but so so here at Gillette, they're going to replace. For, they're going to put grass in for a couple of years, probably, probably. before twenty twenty five, and then through the twenty twenty six season. And who knows if the issue will be resolved by then? Like who knows? But I don't think there's any issue to really be resolved. Like I just don't think the NFL is ever going to go back to grass because like for here they couldn't do concerts, they couldn't do high school games, and um, I don't want to ruin what the trivia was, but. It was a total mess, yeah. and that necessitated like literally the switch on the fly. But of, wasn't of what that, they had to do? Isn't, like I'm not, you know me, I'm not like this like football guy like that. But like, isn't that football? Oh, like yeah. Corey oh, Dillon oh, with yeah, the mud yeah. on the jersey. See, I, yeah, and, like, I think back to oh, 03, 04, oh, Peyton oh, Manning yeah, yeah. when we were just battering him, and his yeah. white Colts jersey was just brown and green. Yeah, like, well, I mean, just that's, the way it's supposed. I mean, to be. I think that's to be fair though, there's a line that like if it gets too muddy. This isn't like football anymore. This is just like a guys slopping in the mud, like in like it, <laughs> playing in the mud. What's that dude? I don't like know. Like in the longest <laughs> yard on the when they like hug, oh yeah when they some, some backyard bullshit. Okay. <laughs> oh, 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 oh whoa whoa that's whoa! That's the first PU halftime show. I swear. So it. so <laughs> I have me. I have some some you Stats. know some analytics oh, yeah? on this from the all twenty two data. So. I guess from a, a player perspective, the NFLPA and players slit film turf is the problem. So uh-huh. that's the turf slit film. Yeah, that's the turf at MetLife. That is a disaster, along with my voice. And uh, <laughs> that wow. that's the just take a break. Cough. Just <clears throat> that's just the the turf that Justin Jefferson just got hurt on, as well in Minnesota. So yeah. slit film turf needs to go. Other t- types of turf apparently are, okay. are better, but, but not that, slip film. That just really accounts for injury-wise, not necessarily the dangerous chemicals. In oh, I, I don't. All I, I got to admit, Alex, I, I don't think anybody cares about the chemicals. <laughs> well, the state of California cares. There's currently yeah. multiple lawsuits right now. Martha's Vineyard here, too, pretty close to home. That's Mike. Yeah. To your point, yeah. I think the only way this changes is if it literally gets banned. Yeah. By governments yeah. and by states. Because I heard. You're starting to see right. happen. California, the, there's lawsuits. There's a lawsuit in Martha's Vineyard. Um, but yeah, like these PFAS are like really dangerous forever chemicals that if you're practicing on this turf all the time, if you're playing games on it, um, I mean, they've been able to try and link the, the uh, cancer diagnosis, rare brain cancer. A bunch of Phillies players all got the same type of cancer oh. that they linked back to the turf that they were practicing and playing on. So the links are starting to get made. It's kind of in its infancy right now, but I think we're going to start to see lawsuits, especially in the more earthy, crunchy places throughout the country. <laughs> it'll start I, there, but then it'll really expand, I think. I was about to make a joke that, you know, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, there's just a giant football field floating, like, you know, like in a <laughs> vortex out there. Um, but I won't because that sounds... It's on top of the trash pile. <laughs> that sounds pretty serious. They're going to just play on that uh, out in the middle of the Pacific. Um 
But yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess we'll see if there what kind of injuries there are when they do go back to grass. And if there are less injuries, then perhaps the NFLPA will have some some ammo to say, hey, um, is there a way to get around like you guys still being able to do concerts and you know use the field throughout the week? I mean, we know here how much there's always just teams of concert people out there you hear you don't hear any construction right now yeah. which is rare but usually you do because that's what they're doing they're setting up stuff and putting stuff on top of that I, I also wonder is there like cleat technology that we can get into yeah. that, magnets that may <laughs> that because i think a big problem is is that players their their feet and their cleats are getting stuck yeah. in the turf and then they go to cut in their foot stays and their knee goes right well, or their you need hamstring AI, goes AI cleats so is there no. something that you know, Nike whatever can do uh, to update t- cleat technology but are they wearing normal cleats on turf yeah, for the most part not, or are yeah, they the they turf are. cleats no it's, uh, just, it's normal the cleat technology the, the thing I want to get into there are two parts one is everybody talks about the injuries you know you see Aaron Rodgers Achilles pretty much explode that's on turf but then the next week or two weeks later, Nick Chubb has that catastrophic injury, and that's on grass. So it's yeah. kind of like, oh, look at this. Yeah. It's like, no, it's football. Stuff happens. But what's interesting is people don't talk about it a lot. Lambeau Field has one of the only types of grass like this. It's grass that's mixed with turf. Yeah. And that's why, like, remember back in the Girth. early 2010s, like once you hit playoff season, <laughs> it was straight, <laughs> it was straight, straight brown mud. But that's why Lambeau is so good now because they're using a hybrid. And I mean, yeah. they still have all the concerts because I don't think there's any other place to have concerts in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I think so. there's at least one more stadium <laughs> using that hybrid too. Trash, yeah, trash. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> I like the other one better. Gurf. Gurf. Yeah. Well, a lot of gurf. Let's let's get into that gurf technology yeah. and maybe use some of Evans cleats and uh, we'll come up with an answer. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm challenging. I don't, is Nike a sponsor, Matt? Like, can I do this? <laughs> I, I'm challenging Nike to make better cleats yeah. for the turf. Do better. Why don't they just wear like we couldn't wear cleats in indoor soccer? Could you? Well, like we had no, to. No, yeah, we're special... Samba's guy. That's yeah, how they became now they're so coming harsh. back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, guys, good good topic here. I think um, we got to the bottom of it. We got that yeah, quick. Nike. It, yeah, <laughs> it's, I, it's bringing like a chemist Nike. next. To well, talk the, about the girl it. we found on Instagram, we're gonna bring her in. The, oh, yeah. the health guru. Yeah. But, um, Fasting MD on Instagram. Exactly. Um, all right, guys, send your answers on the webradio.com. Thanks for joining the Q Halftime Show. Let's get back to it. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes, oh no, replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next for residential delivery only. And now, great moments in history. I wasn't uh, I wasn't born for for eighty five, <laughs> obviously, but uh, you know, my dad, my uncles, you know, grandfathers, uh, they would tell me about stories about the that Super Bowl, and they were just happy to be in that Super Bowl, and they knew they were going to get their blo- doors blown off by the eighty five Bears. Like there was they no, were up three nothing. There was no conversation of whether or not they were going to win that game, but the Packers Super Bowl. They, sh- they probably should have won the game, just the way that the game unfolded. And to me, Parcells is, is much to blame. I mean, Reggie White, like, can we we don't put a tight end over there, chip him, like, do, do something? <laughs> this is all retroactive, because how old were you in 96? Four. <laughs> He's so mad about just, like, you're <laughs> kicking off the Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> Little baby Evan uh, getting yeah. mad, whipping his uh, blanket. That's another great moment from... Patriots and Silkers!
<clears throat> Score big with Bob's unbeatable savings on power reclining furniture, perfect for Paul and game day viewing. With features like hidden drop-down tables for snacks and bevs and convenient USB ports, you'll never have to get up and miss a play. But only when you shop at Bob's, the official furniture store of the New England Patriots. Did that say Paul in the copy? I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Do you have a power recliner, Paul? Uh, yeah. You do? I do, too. Do all, uh. They're part of the sectional. Yeah, it's not like a separate recliner. It's like battery Same. operated, or like you don't no, have you like electric. No, electric. You, you plug it in. Yeah, and to the wall. And does it yeah. massage too? Kick your legs no, out. I do not have massage. that. Oh, no, but it's nice. it's nice. I mean, yeah. it's nice. you don't even have to pull to the, the thing Brooks, out Brooks to Stone? get it. What's that? Did you get one of those at Brookstone? No, I uh, <laughs> did. You? I, it's from Bob's. Okay, there you go. Yeah, We've got a real customer here. Yeah, real real ringing endorsement. There you so go. Maybe the next time you could put Evan's name in the copy. Sure. Hi, I'm Evan Lazar. Maybe you you might know me from. Pay off my. When I'm watching all 22, <laughs> I need to be comfortable because it's an yeah. all-day affair. That's true. I sit in the recliner. That's that's where I sit. Uh, really? Oh yeah. Oh, I thought I pictured you at a desk with notes. Looks like one of those nope. like couple screens. One of those lights on his head. You know, for a little nope. extra. Nope. A couple diet Pepsis the in the helmet. And like sometimes Atlas like wants to join and I'm just like, all right, like fine. And but then he gets in the way and it's he, it's, he sees the Patriots film and he's like, Woof. And you're yeah. like, You said it, Atlas. Yeah, yeah. All right, eight five five past five hundred is the ace ticket hotline at uh the halftime show, the show within a show. We gave away what did we give away? T shirts. He's gone. He's yeah, T shirts. T-shirts. Mike, do you yep. know the you know the answer? Uh I knew two okay, so out of the three. So I give think. me give yeah, me yeah. a second. Uh in two thousand five of December. In a game against the Buccaneers, which offensive lineman caught his first NFL touchdown pass after lining up as an eligible tight end? Who was it? I don't know. I'm going to guess Ashworth. that. I was Tom Ashworth guess. is correct. I was going to guess that. Oh, man. Bart and Poland won. I, I don't oh, another one to Poland. Yeah, I think. This, <laughs> I don't think this is Bart's first rodeo. I think he's won. Oh, we won a Poland. Bart, clean Good enough. for Bart. Um, you'll get neither of those because it involves shipping. Okay. How's March? Um, the Patriots' first playoff game in franchise history was in the AFL in 1963. They defeated the Buffalo Bills in the AFC, AFL Divisional Playoff 26-8. However, they lost the AFL Championship game 51-10 to to which other AFL team? Chargers. Yeah. yeah. Chargers. Tim Henson, our friend from Duncan. Hey, all right. One. And finally, what year... Did Gillette Stadium switch to artificial turf? 2006. That's correct. Yeah. Jonah Hughes got it. Bad loss to the Jets. Correct. Which we, we pouted <laughs> during the during just, a week off. They made changes. They like, did that. They were actually going to change the whole field <laughs> over yeah. the bye week. All right. 855-PATS-500 is the ace ticket hotline. Web radio at Patriots.com is the email address. Matt, I see a lot of IT people coming in and out. I'm, I'm getting nervous. What's going on? They're replacing a computer in the other room. Okay. Okay. Nothing on our end. Nothing on our Okay, good. All right. Line three sounds wonderful. <laughs> line, yeah, line three. What'd you do? Better. Yeah. Guy. I just restarted it. You guy. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the That's ace ticket hotline. Christian's in Georgia. In. Another Christian. What's up, Christian? Hey, guys. Glad to be here with you guys. Uh, I just had a quick question. You guys touched on it yesterday. Uh, so <clears throat> you talked about drafting a quarterback in the draft this year. But in my mind, you roll with Mac through this year and next year because all of you have acknowledged that the offense does not work. It doesn't work with any quarterback unless it's Patrick Mahomes. So you either let Bill O'Brien fix Matt or you 
draft a quarterback in 2025. But this year, you draft a guy that can actually come in and help the offense, whether that's Marvin Harrison, Olufashanu, even a Brock Bowers who can be a true number one, like even though he's a tight end. What do you guys think? I'll take it off air. It's it's one strategy. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's logic. It's well to thought it. out. That's too. my that's that's how I feel. That's how I feel right now. I mean, I think it all changes if you're you know have a shot at the guys we've talked about, Caleb Williams, Jake May. But you know, it's just you I can't keep chasing the, the court. bottom like, line. Regardless, I think is you're drafting offense first. Yes. Oh, well, no question. I who's, mean, you got running the board. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> no, but if, so, if if this person, if Christian from Georgia is, yeah. he's certainly regardless. Even if you don't have a shot at the top QB. You're drafting offense. That's if they're picking, like, seventh, yeah. then a, a Brock Bowers or somebody like that probably makes more sense. But I think, you know, just looking at this class, it, it this is a, a really good quarterback class. And I know that 2021 was also a really good quarterback class. And really, it looks like Trevor Lawrence might be the only really good quarterback to come out of that class. But wait a minute. Well, Zach Wilson, was it too. really that good a quarterback class, or were well, we just dealing with which what class? we had? The Justin Max. Fields class and Max yeah, class Trevor. and all that. I think it was a good class. Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they haven't panned out other than Lawrence, but, I mean, they were, they were well thought of. I, I, think, I think basically what I'm saying is have we lowered the bar for QB prospects? No, I think we've done the opposite, actually. Yeah. I, I, I think teams are getting smarter about it. Like, a few years ago when Kenny Pickett was, the I think, the only first-rounder, right, right. And, and they didn't. Take no the, one reached. They didn't take the cheese on like Malik Willis and Sam Howell, who ends up actually being okay. But like, I, I think the teams are getting a little bit smarter about it. This quarterback class, uh, you know, between Williams, Penix, and May, you're talking about three elite quarterback prospects. Do you think elite. of? Um, and I, this is probably not the right time for this, but like, do you add like? Like Sanders or like J.J. McCarthy or any of those I guys? don't add J.J. McCarthy, no. I think Sanders so is interesting. So my biggest fear is they're going to draft Mac Jones, J.J. McCarthy. So <laughs> if you're telling me that like you're going to draft a guy like J.J. McCarthy on day two and try to like Jalen Hurts it where like he's going to push the first-round quarterback yeah. and that type of thing, I, I guess like you know that's – that's fine. Like that's not what I would do, but like I'm saying, like that's not the like the worst thing in the world. Uh, Schroeder is interesting, I, but I, I ultimately I think he goes back to Colorado because of his dad and, and, <laughs> um, and the money. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think he'll go back to Colorado for one more year. Um, but if I have a chance to draft Williams, May, or Penix, I I don't really care about Brock Bowers. I'm t- I'm taking the quarterback. So. My big thing, you know, and I like the I like the call because I thought there was some some good thought that went into it, not just like you know, I don't want to do that because that never works. No, he's thinking about what to do. My big thing would be this is all sort of um, hinging on what you're doing at coach. Like he says, let O'Brien try to fix Mac. Great, that means Bill staying, Bill Belichick. Not necessarily. Like, probably. I would. I mean, there's a. I think there's a good chance that Gerard Mayo is the head coach and Bill O'Brien's his okay. offensive coordinator. Then, then I would say that I want a new quarterback if that's the case. And I'm really anti that plan. Um, but that's just, that that's a personal thing. Um, I think if you sting with, with Belichick, then I think it makes some sense to do with the caller. It was Christian in Georgia. That was yep. the caller, right? I think what he says makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Give him a fourth year, still affordable, still time to do the Evan plan of putting some you know higher price pieces around him yeah because he's still technically on the rookie contract and then if he's gone you have the pieces right. i would just be really right. wary of 
drafting a skill player and handing him to Bill Belichick. Because I don't think that Bill Belichick has proven to be able to develop that position. So what about a skill player and handing him to Bill O'Brien as the offense? Like a little bit better, but like if Marvin Harrison gets into his first game and fumbles, is he going to be on the bench for the next five games, or are they going to let him keep playing? Right. Like you know, I I just those types of things are are where I just I don't know. I can't trust Bill on offense. Period. Like whether it's a quarterback or it's not, it's a skill player. Let's see what David in New York has to say. What's up, David? David. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Um, so I had a show point and then a draft point, actually. Okay. So the show point, I find that the show is at its funniest when Fred goes completely off the rails and when Paul references a top 40 song from 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing about the how does my ass taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's not off the rails. Uh, well, what, what know, top 40 song from my years ago? Yesterday, you know? What's that? He might be doing the NSYNC thing. What it's it's got to be May. That's like be quiet, Paul. Like, oh, yeah. David, it's David's time Evan to talk. asked a question. I know, but he's trying to talk. I can't hear what he's saying. What did he yell at me for? Right. Am I having connection issues? or is it no, 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 no. You're having, you're having Paul issues. Fred's talking over you, so you okay. can't, can't hear. Okay, so my draft question was, uh, Paul mentioned it, I think it was yesterday, uh, the comment of, you know, <clears throat> how Caleb Williams has his list of teams that he prefer to go to, um, and he mentioned the Patriots aren't on it and thinks that's a concern. He did also say in that same quote that he would play anywhere, and I'd also, don't you think that, people weren't expecting the Patriots to be in this situation, so that's why he would leave them off. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about you hire his head coach and they can come together? That's what I would do. That would be wild. That's what I would do. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, To me, that's too much. Why is it too much? I, I just, I don't too know. Too much USC? I, the whole, uh, I don't know. Do you really like him? Lincoln Riley? Yeah. Everyone's going to need a moment. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the whole point is to get the next Shanahan. He's sitting right there, and he's going to come as a package deal with the number one quarterback in the draft. Do you worry if you do that, then the head coach is too biased for his quarterback and won't look at him objectively i don't think it's going to matter with caleb williams okay yeah all right <laughs> all right uh line three is getting back to line three but thanks Dang for it. the call david line three yeah we thought we had it but no reverted like you know started off the game pretty good with line three and then it just yeah. fell apart we're, we're back to like talking to winston churchill is it practice time it's about that time well evan's gone going to practice um eddie's in maine what's up eddie eddie is Eddie there? Is that, is that the second? Eddie. Eddie. It's two Eddie drops. No, nope, uh, I got to drop Eddie. Uh, Eric's in New Jersey. What's up, Eric? Hey, how you guys doing? I've um, got two points. Uh, um, one for, for Marcus Jones and then one little pushback for Paul. Um, I think Marcus Jones, again, um, defensively, I don't think he's, you know, better utilized as a defensive back. I mean, if you can maybe switch his percentage, you know, play percentage to the offense side. I know he said he wanted to play, you know, he wants to be a defensive back, but just for his size and his style of play, again, the, the recurring shoulder injuries, yeah. I think it's just best suitable maybe to get his asset, use his asset, you know. I agree. You know, 12, 15 plays the game. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Know, you. As, opposed, as opposed to one or two shots, you know, plays a game that may, you know, as a decoy, rather just get that likelihood. But uh, just to push back on uh, – Oh. Uh, All right, just call back. 
Boy, okay. we're having trouble with the phone. As soon as today. somebody tries to disagree with Paul, we're like, nope, you're Good out. job. Good job, Matt. No, uh, <laughs> call back because I'm curious to see. Uh, I, I agree with this point on Marcus Jones. I have we, we talked about this a little in the summer. Yeah. I have not. I think Marcus Jones is electric. I have not seen really anything as a defensive back to lead me to believe he's anything more than a dime back. Yeah. You know, sixth, yep. you know, sixth or seventh defensive back yeah. in a good secondary. I, I, I see him chasing a lot. The size really worries me. Um, but offensively, and as a punt returner, when the ball's in his hands, things happen. Yeah. So I wouldn't be opposed to saying, let's make him more of a full-time offensive player and see if there's something there. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to if that. If he was healthy, that probably no, be something we'd different. be talking yeah. about. But, but like, he we'll didn't really get a chance now. to play offense, it seemed, this year. I mean, we never saw him do anything. Maybe once or twice. I don't, I, I don't even mean on the field during yeah. the games because he got hurt right away. Yeah. Uh, you got hurt in the Miami game, right? Yep. Early in the Miami game, if I recall. Uh, Donna, uh, Donnie in Pittsburgh. Donnie. Any substance to the suggestion that Bill gave up on Mac and or this roster he built sometime in the middle of last year? I think if you look at the draft, free agent acquisitions, from that point of view, they make a bit more sense as getting by moves, building toward 2024, when we will have a lot more cap to compete in free agency in a higher draft pick. But why would you make that decision yeah, last year? Right. Like, if you thought that way now, I, I mean, I think there's, yeah. there's validity to that. I mean, what yeah. are you going to put more resources into now? Like, you were talking yesterday about the Van Jefferson thing. You, know, yeah, you wouldn't want. No, I know. Yeah. But, like, you wouldn't want to put resources into that. No, and I know he went for a pick swap again because that seems to be the yeah him the and in, a seventh for a sixth is yeah the in vogue yeah. trade is trading a seventh for a sixth um, you know in a player, um, but I wouldn't want to give up anything that I deemed at all valuable for a one and fourteen. No, you know maybe at at Halloween when the trade deadline comes around maybe you've you know you've shown some signs of life maybe you're three and four then or whatever. Four and four, even who knows? Uh, let's play three games. Let's go Halloween? back to no, Eric and can two, finish right? up his point. Yeah. Well, sorry oh, about okay. that, Eric. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Uh, no worries. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think even Fred, you agree with uh, with Paulie on this. Where you guys say Bill's a good drafter, I think it's kind of hard to say Bill's a good drafter. I mean, you have to really compare him for like Avi Newsom. I mean, as opposed to the length of time that Bill's. You know, most coaches, GMs aren't lasting. Obviously, duration. You know, uh, Bill has lasted, but. You know, to compare him to his peer, I would say like Ozzie Newsom would be most comparable just for length. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think you would just say Ozzie drafted a whole better roster. Uh, I mean, just from year over year, if you look at the players he drafted, and it's, uh, you know, so I think that was just, again, my one pushback, and I'll take it yeah. off the line. Thanks, guys. No, that's right. that's fair. Um, in my defense, I, I made the comment about how good of a drafter I thought Bill was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and my feeling at the time when I said it was Andy used to push back on that a lot. Um, but my feeling was he never has glaring misses. Like it's not the first round pick that just can't play or the second round pick that ends up getting cut. Now in the last say six, eight years, there's been a lot of those, Yep. you know, Dominic Easley, Malcolm Brown, you know, Nikhil Harry, uh, Duke Dawson, Jawan Williams, you know, uh, Cyrus Jones has been a lot of first two round picks that really didn't have the the ability to play in the league. Cole Strange. Yeah. Well. Um, the most interesting Patriots fan in the world, James, writes in, what's the NFL record for resets per season? Yeah. <laughs> I believe it's six. <laughs> we're on three. Oh, no, we're on six. I think, though, Paul, that's everything. I mean, those those misses, and it's it goes back to what I was saying yesterday. It's like – 
you know, yeah, he, he hit on plenty of draft picks over those 20 years. He's hit on some amazing draft picks. I mean, Brady, Gronk, Edelman, you know, I mean, but it's just been the absence of those, especially at the high round guys, which you can't afford to miss. Yeah. And that's what my feeling was. And this is going back, like I said, this is going back at least 10, 10 12 years, this argument. But like 2016. All the first round picks were good. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Seymour, Mankins, you know, Wilfork. It was like hit, hit, hit. I mean, like impact players every time. He never missed on a, on a first-round pick until he did. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, maybe it's the Laura averages, but Fred and I used to, yeah, and we, we deserve our criticism for that. We used to be very defensive of Bill's draft record, me more so than Fred, but I, I deserve the criticism for that. But, I mean, like, you know, drafting – Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower, you know, that's aggressively prob- moving that's up. That's probably like, the last time, you know, that I felt are, really good. And those, and, and you got a bunch of Super Bowls because of those. Right. Draft Since picks. then, it's been the Easleys and the Browns and you know the, the Harrys, Harrys and the Michelles and the Wins. Yep, yep. Um, let's see. Roland notice it takes Mike physical pain to not say Chandler. Yeah, it does. It does I have to really think about it? He has to correct himself. Um. Roland writes him from the UK. At what point do we take back the criticism of Matty P? Um, no, I think. Listen, uh, well, I, well I, I, do your thing because you were defensive of him. No, right? I, you know. listen, I, I, I'm not taking anything back. No, now. after further review, there's no doubt he was a square peg in a round hole. Okay, there's no doubt about it. However, I still feel he was asked to do the job. He did the best he could, and he didn't deserve the personal attacks that you know were given to him. And I. I think he deserves a thank you. Yeah, I, okay. I still think that. I so still they, think you got that. your you got your apology. <laughs> but but I would just say this, and and um, I never thought last year was solely about Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be, you know, accused of revisionist history here. Like I think it was a terrible move. I think he was ill suited. He had never coached offense really. Certainly never coached offensive skill position players. I think it made no sense, and the, uh, the to me the ire that went to Patricia, for me was more born out in the way that the players, basically openly revolted against him. Mm-hmm. They had no respect for his ability to to implement the offense. They openly questioned whether or not he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I did not, however, blame the lack of offensive production one hundred percent on Matt Patricia the way the vast majority of my colleagues did. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just think the perspective now is like, look at a competent offensive coordinator like Bill O'Brien, which I mean, even despite the results, he's I think he's having common. trouble. He's having problems, and it's just the roster. And yeah. I mean, I mean you how could did, say it's worse? Can you imagine Matt Patricia? Like, I mean, he's, he's got to coach the offensive line too. Like, I mean, it's right. It was it was a lot. I don't know situation yeah. that he was put in, and he agreed to do it. You know, he could have said no, but he agreed to do it. Maybe he thought he could do it. Maybe he was overestimating his own abilities, but he gave it a shot, and I don't think he deserved the vitriol that he received. I, you know, yeah, I, it's it's a bill thing, and that and that just yeah, that vitriol should have gone to the yeah, Belichick. And it feels it. like I agree. You burned twenty twenty. You kind of burned last year, and you know, right now it's like we're hanging in the balance to see if this is this year's getting burned too. Uh, let's go to Ted in Maine. What's up, Ted? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, I just wanted to ask, you know, it, it seems like this has been a four- to five-year train wreck in the making and that we're just seeing it start crashing or really crashing at this point. So, yeah, I firmly believe, like, like we got to, you know, Max the Clown on the field, we got to get rid of him. We got to fire Belichick. The Crafts need to treat Bill like 
Bill has treated his players for his entire career, getting rid of them sooner rather than later. So my question is, how many more consecutive losses for each of you guys before you feel comfortable even being part of the organization saying, hey, it, it's time to build a go? And then also, who would be your number one top pick to, to replace Bill? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay, thanks. I, I, um, <clears throat> I give him the season. Yep. Regardless, I don't care if they lose sixty to nothing for the rest of the season. Every game, he stays for the rest of the season, yep. and then and then you make your your move. I'm with you. I have no idea who to replace him with. I really don't. I mean, Lincoln Riley could be good. This guy Ben Johnson, if he can stop yelling at people, <laughs> maybe he's good. I don't know. I I haven't really thought about it that much. I remember. Is there a thing now? You know, yeah. last year what. Ben Johnson. Yeah, remember the caller that was. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yes, I'm sorry. His kids that, play, Paul. Not, I mean, not real. I mean, la last year, CTE. We, last fault. year when it became apparent that there was going to be a change of coordinator, we were looking at who could be the next coordinator, and I, I remember Ben Johnson's name came up, but not for head coach last year. Now I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I have to think about you know, and I'm not an expert. Well, on his it, name so. came up for head coaching around the league, not yeah. here. Yeah, not here. I just think that generally the theory of hiring an offensive coordinator make him your coach so that you know that you're going to maintain your offensive continuity throughout the but reign of the But isn't the bigger question big right one. now if if Bill isn't here who's the GM? Yep. Isn't that as big a question if not bigger? Sure and that's why it's you know a nice relationship that they've got going you know in San Francisco and you know you hope that you could maybe emulate that a little bit and that you know, just it's it's it, it really protects the franchise, and I I mean I think this is a good point that's come up over the last couple of weeks of if you know you do have a defensive coach, you're always going to be doing what the Patriots are doing, trying to turn over the roster, and you know it's interesting here because Bill is so you know connected to an offensive scheme, and you know I assume that they've kind of maintained some semblance of that throughout each of the different you know there haven't been a lot of offensive coordinators, but. You know, he's always – that's why, like, it's like, well, of course they're going to bring back Bill O'Brien. Who else would he have brought back? You know, there was no one else really to even consider, which I think in some ways might have been – you know, maybe we should have looked a little bit far more far and wide to see, you know, can we can we maybe change the equation a little bit? Are we trying to get back to something that we're never going to get back to? Uh, Thomas writes in. Uh, he's from Maine as well. He says, one comment, my developing take that I've had on Bill the last few weeks is that, colon, Bill has earned the right to leave on his own terms, but has lost the right to stay on his own terms. I'll be interested to see how things work out in the offseason. I'm with you, though. I mean, he's he's built this ship for 20 years, and, you know, to make him, you know, walk the plank right now, let, let you know, let him show us the way out of this. Because, that was quick. Wow. And Evan's back. All right. <laughs> Evan has returned from practice. Evan has returned from practice. Right, Evan. Yeah, that was kind of quick. What else is new? Uh, Michael Onwenu back at practice today oh. for the Patriots. So, uh, by my memory, uh, which sometimes does fail me, but I think it's pretty good on this one. This is about as healthy as the offensive line has been uh, since really the spring. I, I don't even know. You know, I mean, they have. You never had all five of those guys out there at once. That, they have that all five. Well, and you don't project the starters out of them. Yeah, they're all out there, but like Strange missed the last two games, and, and when you didn't finish the last game, right? So the, they're there. Knock on wood, this is the healthiest they've been, but that's scary. That Just could be having those guys yeah. physically out at practice, yes. I think for the maybe one of the first times all year that all five of them 
Yeah, because when you never there. practiced in the summer, right? So yeah. Strange not Strange at practice last out. week. Yo, he's been in practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he was, but it seems like he's getting closer. Because definitely, for whatever Reef, that's worth. Definitely, Reef was not at practice when uh, when you yeah. and Strange came back. Right. So. Yep. You have a chance. You're saying there's a chance, Freddie. There's a chance. You have a chance to get five. um, The five that you probably went into the spring thinking would be your starters. Wouldn't it be funny? And anything could happen. But as the season progresses, the offense starts to be good. And then the defense fails because, (laughs) you know. Well, that happens. That happens with bad teams. Yeah. Is you can't seem. It's like you can't get good pitching the day you hit. Right. You can't. Your short game's off the day you're. Well, that's every great off me, the tee. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> same. Uh, other than that, same attendance. Uh, the two receivers, Juju and Pop Douglas, not there in concussion protocol. And I, I keep listening to them until they put him on IR. Matthew Judon, obviously not there either. You should. But yeah. uh, he's. Uh, you know, some people have stopped, and I'm like, look, this is technically right, yeah, so I'm right. going to do it. Uh, yeah, those three guys weren't there again. Pads. Pads. Pads on a Wednesday. It's. Uh, it, we'll, we'll see. I, I I was encouraged by what I saw from Riley, Riley Reef. I, I that name is tough to say. Uh, Riley Reef on Sunday, as as bad as everything else was, I thought that uh, he played decently well, and the line improved once he was in the game. And so I I do wonder. You know, sometimes when with offensive line, it's you make one change, and then all of a sudden the the thing starts to come together. You know, it's just one spot. Uh, becomes solidified and then that makes it easier for the other four guys on the line it brings me back to 21 when they put ted karras in the starting lineup and then it, things like kind of settled down from there so uh you never know you never know what these things and uh, me- media a lot of media going to vegas are they talking about vegas where they're staying and all a little bit a little bit but <laughs> th- today was a pretty busy media contingent here which yeah. i mean we were talking about earlier i don't know if this was on the air or off the air of just about how much uh, you know, interaction we are getting from the emails and the callers and stuff, despite the situation. And uh, there was a packed house there today uh, for Bill, for Mac. New faces? Yeah. People you didn't know? Or? No, no, no. But just, you know, full full media contingent. And, you know, Bruins open tonight. And vultures, like, so I thought maybe, yeah. maybe it'd be lighter because, you know, let's focus on something more positive, like opening night for the Bruins. But. People love the yeah the vultures. They they love the negativity apparently. So there's no grousing. No, it's been nice out. Okay. Been you know we haven't really hit the cold practices yet. We were joking oh. that we could probably use the same picture that we like used yesterday, and nobody would know the difference <laughs> because it's just kind of been the same. Yeah, and you only got to see stretching. Only stretching. Okay. Yep. Very limited. All yesterday right. we saw a little <laughs> bit more, but. There were less guys on the offensive line out there yesterday than there were today, so I don't know how much stock I would put into the the combinations that we saw in that practice. Does it seem like Amonia's going to be kind of fighting something all year? Like, it just seems like this is going to be – this angle that thing is going to be – Strangers, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just so weird to me. Like, just the way that it happened and how he's been out there and – With Strange or Amonia? Strange. It's bizarre. I go it's back strange. to when he, got, when he got hurt. And you remember the day he got yeah. hurt, how so long clear. he stayed out yeah. there right. and did some work and you know, like was doing, doing running for Jim Whalen. Right. Is he you all know, right? Like, like he was imminently going back into practice that day. It's strange. Yeah. Right. And I want to say it was like day two. It's strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cole Strange being <laughs> injured or compromised, I guess, like he can't play like that 
on Wenu, seventy five percent of, to make of a Wenu yeah. is still better than anything else they got. Yeah. Yeah. So did they try to simulate the crowd? In Las Vegas, by pumping and cheering and Patriots booing, noise. <laughs> you know, uh, just music, just music, okay. just music. When we were out there, was it Viva Las Vegas? <laughs> was it like Elvis? No, no. Tony Bennett? No, no, no. You too. You too. No. The Sphere. It's funny sphere. because uh, a lot of sphere. the the practice music is like my generation rap music. Like it's not the new stuff. Like so, you know that you know like Keon White doesn't have the aux cord, right? <laughs> like it's not it's not the new it's not right. it's not new stuff. It's like mid two thousand you know twenty ten rap. Yeah. And like so, it's just funny. Like you know that it's like Jawan Bentley yeah. or something or, like that. Or you that. get country and you're like David Andrews must have the yeah. aux today. Yeah, yeah. the aux. <laughs> uh, Cole in Denver writes in. I'll be in Vegas this weekend, and I need hope. If I have to witness three and a half hours of the Patriots getting wrecked by the Raiders, then I might just gamble away my savings, <laughs> bunny ranch my way out of a relationship, and imbibe myself into a rehab facility. I'll have to reinvent what fear and loathing in Las Vegas means. Please, what are Raiders' weaknesses? How can the Patriots exploit them? Why do they suck on offense despite having great weapons? Is their defense legit or a bunch of lame lames in Mad Max? So their defense, if you want to be positive about the Patriots, I'll set the table for you a little bit. This is the worst defense by far that they've played this year, and I don't think it's particularly close. I would agree. Outside of Max Crosby, this defense is Spillane. really not great. Uh, Tyree Wilson, their first-round pick, has been a bust so far. Uh, he's been terrible, and they really don't have much talent outside of Max Crosby. A guy like Spillane is is – a journeyman coming out of the undrafted. woodwork for them. Yeah. Uh, they're 24th in DVOA on defense. They're 28th in pressure rate, despite Max Crosby leading the league in pressures. So he's he's literally holding their pressure rate out of the basement right now. They don't get to the quarterback. They don't blitz a lot because they can't because they ha don't have the defensive backs to blitz a lot. So they are as vanilla and as bad on defense as any team. Like the statistics say that the Dolphins and the Jets haven't been great on defense, but we know that those are great defenses, you know, based off of the talent and the eye test. Uh, the, the, the Raiders defense is not good. It just makes me wonder, too, with, with Crosby being so isolated that if it's really smart to replace Lowe this week, just because they're probably going to be like, put him over low every snap you know what i mean like well, that's probably gonna, their key game but the patriots to are gonna him. have to say we're gonna devote two and three guys to him every snap especially too. on the right side you know um and which is where he lines up like 90 percent of the time and this is also um the the secondary for the raiders and i was listening to troy aikman the other night talk about marcus peters who is a pretty solid corner he has a pretty good career um but it I, looks like he's sort of done and they said you know, that he gave up like an easy pitch and catch out for like 12 yards early in the game. And Aikman made the comment, this is pretty much what you've seen. When you watch the film of the Raiders, he's given a lot of big cushions, a lot of easy completions. Now he made a huge play uh, in the second half of that game, sort of jumping a route, getting his hand on it, which led to one of the Mickey Spillane picks. Um, and it's so, but I just think man to man, I she don't walked think into my office. <laughs> he had legs that went up all the way. <laughs> What a legs, set of games. The legs that went on for days. Um, they don't play a lot of man-to-man -man well. No. They don't play uh, man well, according so, to Troy Aikman. Oh, okay. So I, this is the uh, – Troy Aikman was on to something. So th this is a weakness-on-weakness weakness matchup. The Patriots <laughs> – hey, I'm setting them up. Are yeah. the w worst 
offense in the league against man coverage, and the Raiders are the worst man coverage defense in the NFL. The Raiders are giving up over nine yards per attempt in man coverage. They are getting absolutely shredded. But the Patriots average under four when the defenses play man. So whoever makes more plays, the Raiders defensive backs or the Patriots receivers, is probably going to end up winning this game. It's like the opposite of like when you have undefeated teams and you do like the – you know the poster. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. You know, it's like this something's got to exactly. happen. Team the dream <laughs> tries <laughs> to climb Mount Matumbo. Neither team can score. Something's got to give. Um, <laughs> yeah, one other thing that um, the Raiders the other night um, they were missing two starters in the secondary, and probably had their best game um, that they've had. And the, like I said, they had, th- they had three picks. So you you kind of wonder, oh well, we were forced to bring this guy up off the practice squad and start him. If maybe those guys played well, and now maybe they've sort of inadvertently added some depth to their secondary. I know uh, nice Nate, Nate Hobbs, I think, um, sat out, and another guy. Epps. Uh, he, right. pl- he played, right? Did he play? He's number one, right? Yeah, wow. See, I'm, I, that's why I was looking for my I knew he was, was looking for my stuff. Yeah, uh, Trayvon Morig, their safety, is, he played. is yeah. a solid starter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, And I like David Long, their, their, their other corner, but he's more of like – if he's your third corner, then you're like in decent shape. But anything you know, above that is, is a lot. But their, I mean, their their back seven is is patchwork right now. And and like I said, their first round pick, who was supposed to come in and be the bookend to to Crosby, is has been terrible. So, um, XO writes in. XO. I think what Gossip we're seeing girl. now, he says, is evidence that it was Josh McDaniels' offense, not Bills. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't really understand what that means. But can I just tell you that the offense is actually Ron Earhart's offense, <laughs> and they've been running the same system since Belichick got here. Um, let's see, Kobe. They've tweaked it many, many times, but that's where it was born from. Kobe in Vermont last year. Paul posed a question to the fans if they were for Zappy or Mac. <laughs> uh, I want to know. Po- that was yeah. my little poll. I, I want to know if the fans are with Bill or against him. I'm personally out on Bill as the Patriots head coach for next year. What are the rest of the listeners thinking? He thinks you should do a poll. We're not going to do that. I'm <laughs> not doing that now. I think right now it's pretty obvious because um, I don't read a tenth Period. of the emails that come in, and I can tell you that yeah. there's not a lot of – there's a few supporting Bill, but not a lot. Um, let's see, Brian – Right, said, I'm not sure how true the article was, but I do remember seeing a report about how Patriots coaches believe they could have won with a lot of quarterbacks instead of Tom Brady. That quote keeps coming to my mind, seeing this organization becoming more and more disastrous. Also, if Bill was okay letting people go past their prime, why can't he hold himself accountable and do the same? <laughs> wow. So it was uh, just fi- finally found it. It was uh, Jacorian Bennett didn't play, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and he sat, and Chris Smith also sat, who was one of their uh, top reserves. So they had three different guys that play a little bit, uh, didn't play the other night. They brought a guy up off the practice squad, um, Tyler Hall, um, who showed up a little bit in the game, and I thought the you know despite. Aikman yeah. sort of ripping Marcus Peters. I thought he was kind of active. Yeah. Now, yeah. Hall didn't really show up last night that for the Blackhawks. Amik, uh, Amik Robertson is the one who made the, the big pick at the end. Um, so, you know, maybe you'll see a different secondary. Yeah, I, than, I think. Than what you've seen all year. Other Licking than our the chops. Uh, Christian Watson coverage bust and yeah. catch and run with the yeah. horse collar. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. They, uh, 
they were pretty well connected on the back end. Like I didn't really see a lot of like coverage busts or like things like that. But in general, there was a lot of space in zone coverage that Jordan Love just didn't really. He didn't throw the ball well. So well. I mean, it's it's really setting up to be an interesting one with how badly the Patriots offense need to find something. And and here's kind of an opportunity for you. And yeah. We know what's waiting with the Bills and the Dolphins on the other side of this one, but it's really like the pressure rate, like in terms of like the defenses. They, you know, the first month of the season, every team that they played was top eight in pressure rate. Uh, Cowboys were number one. Uh, the Jets, I think, are three. Eagles are like six, and the Miami Dolphins are eight. Like, so you're talking about facing probably some of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. Right out of the gate. So did you see that play with Watson that, that Evan just talked about the other night? Did you guys watch any yep. of the game? So yep. Peters ended up taking him down with a horse collar, right? Probably prevented a touchdown. And now, um, you know, Florio is on his, you know, white horse and having his safety. They have to the change NFL. the rules. They have to change the rule and right. that, that should be a touchdown. Right. right. Like, no. obviously you could tell by the tone of my voice how ridiculous I think that is. But – you guys can convince me, the three of you, if you think I'm wrong, and it should be. No, no. That's like no. the hockey rule. Like, you get to have the, the, the penalty shot if it was a clear, yeah. you know, lane to the goal. But Something no, like no way. No way. It's like a, in, in basketball, they have, what? like, What's the, the no, take I'm, foul. I'm a hockey now, ref. Right? I clear, or a clear path <laughs> clear foul. Pa- yeah, clear it's more path. like clear path foul. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. But, yeah. what, but my point is this, okay? So I have no doubt it was a, it was a horse collar, and that yeah. prevented a touchdown. Like, what's the difference between a face mask Thought the or same pass interference? Yep. yep, yep. And if he got his horse collar, he probably had an opportunity to get him else another no, way. But you know what I mean? It's a penalty. Yeah. It's not a touchdown. Yeah. People are saying it's a touchdown. Mike Florio says that play, yeah. you know, they should re- revisit that. And right. That should be awarded a touchdown. It's and uh, it might have impacted the game. Well, Mike, that's Florio why you do to, it. Yeah. Because you don't just give him a free touchdown. Right. That's why pass interference – you're, you're taught if you get beat, just tackle the guy. I mean, and that's why I think in the pros they should keep it as a spot foul. Right. It's a 50-yard like, penalty, but it's not right. a touchdown. Not, not like in college, right? No. no. Like, I, I just – I really don't agree with that that line of thought. Yeah, but me I neither. I almost never agree with – I mean, listen, you know, like, you guys breaking away from you. He, there's nothing between him and the, in the end zone. You dive. You, you're reaching out for anything. You know, you don't dive saying, I'm going to horse call it. You're reaching for anything, and you hit the horse. You're not going to let go. you got to bring him down. But it shouldn't be a touchdown. But the, the defensive players should be taught, like, by any means. Like, you're not, trying to, you're not trying to hurt somebody. Yeah. No. But if I'm reaching out and it's a horse collar, or if I get his face mask and that prevents a touchdown, I don't want to do that. But that's what I have to do to stop the touchdown. It's like in, like in soccer. Like, if your goalie's out of the goal and you have to dive and hand the ball just to keep the – you do whatever yeah. you have to do. You know, it'd be funny if they did like a version of the penalty shot, though, where they like give the guy the ball at like the thirty, and they and and you get one defender to try to prevent him from getting into the end zone. It's like a football well, penalty they shot. Have I that like a- that better than just awarding a touchdown. No, that's gonna like be that a, drill, right? That's like going to be a touchdown ninety nine point nine percent of the right, time, right, right. especially it, when it's Christian it's, Watson. Yeah, it's like that drill that they do. You know, they always are doing that angling they, drill. They, like, yeah, yeah they have that in lacrosse, like like in club lacrosse. Like instead of a penalty, they have they call it up. What's the movie? Um, with uh, Mel Gibson, he's the Scottish Braveheart? guy. Bra- they call it a Braveheart, uh, and it's one guy against one guy. Mano, mano. That happens. Yeah, in lacrosse, they do like club 
club tournaments they'll do it oh really yeah we never did that yeah it's called braveheart i don't know if I, I, we did that in practice but not like in an actual yeah. game oh yeah freedom, they done it, yeah. so we brought it to games now yeah I don't like it's that. not like mia you'd never see it <laughs> is that another one of my 20 year old references <laughs> yeah, this, this is all like club tournaments you know? yeah yeah uh, um, those were the days the club yeah. tournaments uh ryan writes in i wanted to ask about your thoughts on the current team culture it feels like we have reached a point where guys are not only doing their job, not only not doing their job, but it feels like they aren't upset when other guys aren't doing their job. I think in order for us to get back to winning, there has to be a certain amount of accountability among the players. And we've talked about this over the years, like they're losing the leaders. Yeah. I agree with the leadership, the Floyd. I, I yeah. think that just sensing like thing, some of the things that Max said this morning, I think also echoed that, that like who's the one that's like pulling the rope the hardest Willing like well, you know right, like, Bryant said something that made me think he said you know you know David Andrews is no doubt when the offensive line he's the guy that you know yeah, but he, he specified keep it going. he specified it to the offensive line yeah keep going with keep the going. other name that he used which made me yeah upset me. Hunter Henry Trent, Trent Brown. Brown oh who's been a great left tackle for us so. well he has been he, a great he left tackle threw him in there but, like, that's just the offensive line. You know what I mean? Whether it's Trent Brown or, yeah. or – Well, he said Hunter Henry, too. Hunter Henry came up as but well. But, yeah, then he started rattling yeah. off people. But, yeah. you know, yeah. because I think he knew what he was – what people would say about it. But I I think there is a devoid of people that have the cachet right. to, to be that voice. And I think that's why it just kind of, for me, goes back to they need – players to start stepping up and making plays so that they have some juice you know and it's it's and that's what there isn't right now there isn't and there isn't a willie mcginnis type you know figure who's going to be the enforcer of it and 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 as much as we love slater like he doesn't even practice with the team he's off doing his own thing you know like like okay we love you you're a great guy and all that stuff, but like you know, how much impact are you really going to have on the game right. when it's like and a Willie McGinnis doing even, it? It yeah. hurts even more when now that Judon's not out there because oh. I think Judon was one of those guys like a Willie McGinnis type, yeah. but now he's not playing, so like you can't like rely on that. I think Jawan Bentley's another one of those guys that will do that, but Jawan Bentley is not doesn't hold the same cachet as a Willie McGinnis or a Mike Vrabel or a Teddy Bruschi maybe did back in the day or a Hightower, you know, like those, they lack that sort of thing. And I I think that that's one thing that I've noticed is just a body language, like just during games, you know, Max saying this morning that they're not having fun playing and like, regardless of the score, like they're just not coming out of the gate, like in like good moods. And it's like, why, you know, why are you not, there's no energy and yeah. there's no there's no belief there's no buy-in it's you just, just you just wonder too and i mean i you know I, I don't mean this to be a shot at david andrews i mean but it's just those guys that are leading are carrying everything in their leadership from what happened five years ago you know like and so now it's just does it ring as true anymore when these guys are saying yep it's the same thing i'm gonna hear for david for made three a lot years of good points i i do have concerns about that the locker room and I, I think everybody's it's the biggest pulling, concern, Paul. pulling in the right direction. But I, I like a lot of the points you guys made about e- even because I do think David Andrews is tremendous. You, you wonder, like some of the younger guys are like, listen, to this guy talking about glory days again. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah, I get it. You guys won a lot of games before we got here. We stink. You're great. Yeah. You know, I like you wonder if that's sort of the the way it's it's taken but i, I also we, feel like that way from the head coach not sorry yeah, to cut you off yeah. Mike. like i feel like that like the head coach is resting on his lower not like 
literally, but yeah. just figuratively Figure resting well, on his laurels. Go to the owner's meeting. What do fans have to be excited about the last, the last 20, 20 years? years? But, I mean, but Paul, you've, you've brought up this a couple times, and, you know, I think for me you're kind of underselling it a little bit because – you know, you're acting like the the drama isn't really the forefront, but I, I, to oh, me, like the drama the is drama, kind of the you know forefront. Me. The no, drama but, is the forefront, for right? Me. But I think it, I think it's the forefront for me too, because if they're not all pulling in the same direction anymore, then it doesn't matter about trying to fix the offensive line or trying to get you know Ramondre going or any of like the specific football teams. If they're not buying in right now. They're never going to get those things right, or even if they yeah. do, something else is going to pop up because they're they're not really invested. Yeah, I, I w- I'm with you, and I do think that that is is the biggest thing that I'm concerned about because I felt like like Freddie, like after the Dallas game, you're like, okay, like I don't know if they're going to win next week because I don't know if they're good enough to just flip the switch and win, but I would have bet anything that the effort and sort of the 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 manner that the game unfolded would be a thousand times different yep. than that. And I'm not yeah. telling you they laid down, but I'm telling you there wasn't a lot of pushback after the picks. Once it seemed like they knew which way it was going, it was kind of just you know? felt inevitable. And so that's, I'm yeah. more concerned with that part of it than yeah. anything else. Yeah. I just the reason I downplay it when I talk about it is because I know a lot of people listen to these guys. They always want to stir it up, and it's because he goes on Felger and Maz, and that's what Felger and Maz do constantly. But, but, They're not right. talking about their their failures at X's and O's. They're talking about the the team is broken. Yeah. yeah, and and that and at one and four, that, it's that real. might have been the final proof, the final nail in the coffin that the team needs an enema. Yeah, I mean, because like Paul said, most teams when they get shellac like that, they come back the next week and at least they fight. You know, they, we don't want that to happen again. And it was the exact. Uh, it got worse. Yeah, I haven't seen that ever. You With know, this, like you like, know, so, and, and, and I get this talent is different. Okay, so I know it's not a perfect analogy. Cincinnati went through the first four games. They were every bit as inept as you were offensively. Not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. With far better talent, yeah. but they could not protect an injured quarterback who was playing poorly. And in, and to the point where it culminates after a bad loss to a bad Tennessee team with their all-pro wide receiver saying, I'm always effing open. The next game? True. 15 for 196 and three touchdowns. <laughs> he, he is always effing up. No, no, no. But my point is they they didn't get all mad. The guy was obviously frustrated because he wasn't getting the ball enough and he thinks he could help. Yeah. Joe Burrow, who has accomplished far more than Mac Jones has in the league, didn't say, is this guy calling me out? <laughs> no. He said, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm going to get – and all of a sudden, Burrow's throwing for 350 like he normally does – and maybe the calf is not as big of a problem this week as it was last week. I'm going to guess it is. I'm going to guess it hasn't gotten much better since he's playing on it five weeks in a row. But all of a sudden, their offense puts 34 on the board, and it looks a little bit more like Cincinnati because that's how you respond. And, again, I know it's not perfect because Jamar Chase is not in the Patriots' locker room. I, get I mean, it. good or bad, it's groupthink. It's, it's football. And yeah. to win, you have to have groupthink, and when you have – 
situation like the Patriots have right now, it's groupthink, negative groupthink. Yeah, you know, and, and that's why I think this matchup, everything we're saying, is just a really interesting one because of all the history between these two teams. The, the you know the current history, last year what happened, but all the players and all the you know coaches, staff, and you know just the opportunity. I think that the Patriots could have to win this one. Like it's, you know, I, I, like I, I think going into Dallas, and you know, all right, if they can, they're gonna lose in Jerry's world, it is what it is. But you know, like this is a game that you know y- you should win most times and. I, I'm just curious what they come out with. What kind of fight do they I'm show up in Vegas with? I'm curious why you think with? this is a game that they should win most times. Um, not, uh, let me rephrase that. Not this team. But oh, I would say. Oh, okay. okay. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like most times, like this is a team that a, a normal yeah. Patriots team. Probably, like if this was even last year's team, we'd I say, think, I think they got a really good chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I, w- I would say that this is a team that has similar talent to yours. Yeah. But I wouldn't look at it as a game that you should win. And now that's perfect. Where, so where so where is the difference made right. by what team wants it more? Right. You know, and, and so that's how why bad do I they would want say it? like we're different than most of our colleagues who have penciled in last week, this week, um, you know, Washington Commanders, Indy, right? As as all games the Patriots quote should win. Because somehow they've convinced themselves that they have far more talent on their roster than those teams do. And I, I, you know, like I watched the game Monday night. I put together the matchups just like Evans watching the film for for his uh, preview and game plan. I don't see an edge in talent across yeah. the board. I see some edges. Like I think the Patriots have a better defense than, than the Raiders for mm-hmm. sure. But I don't think the Patriots have a Max Crosby. It's like based on them winning six Super Bowls, they should win this game. <laughs> right. <laughs> it right. doesn't work anymore. Because they only have three. Yeah. Right. It's uh, just as I, silly uh, to say it that way. I, I ended up being a like, – very rarely do I do this, but I actually watched the offense film for the Patriots a, another time through. And the time that this time I didn't wasn't watching for the normal reasons that I watch. I just wanted to watch like the body language and like the, the that's been a big topic and, and like yeah. the, the effort and yeah. like the buy in and, and the, really the effort. And I'll, I'll say this for them. If they are are quitting they're doing a really good job of like not like they're quiet quitting, right? Like they're not like obviously just not showing up. Like there's effort on the film, but you can tell that there's just like a little bit of something missing. Right. And I, and, I, and I think it connects to um, what the coaches were saying yesterday, where it's like, it's one, it's always like one thing or the other. And that's, you know, that to me is, it's not a team that's given up, but it's a team that's not completely engaged and on, you know, and on the edge of every decision and everything, you know, those teams that get rolling down near the end of the season where they're just making plays left and right. Well, Everybody's on the same page. Little they're on things a are big things with this team. Yeah. You know, the slightest hiccup becomes the flu. Yeah. Yeah. You and, know? and they're and they're fragile emotionally right now. And that's why this game, how it starts off, I mean, every play out of the gate First is like quarter's huge. You know? I, that's just like I feel like there's a lot out there about like Trent Brown in particular that like he just like quit on that game the other day and he had some bad reps like don't get me wrong but i didn't see him flat out quitting there's some bad body language especially after the ramondre stevenson mac jones fumble situation certainly and, some some and hunter some bad hunter body Henry language on that play looked like they wanted to kill somebody yeah but i but i didn't see him him quitting i i just i don't no, if it's 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 quiet quitting like they're still doing their jobs and going through the motions but they're not really yeah, going that next extra they're not mile. invested uh rick and dallas based on what i believe evan said yesterday it would be safe to assume the bears use the number one pick on caleb williams is there any value on sending a mid-round pick for fields and using their own top five to ten pick on a wide receiver or tackle 
Is Fields too broken, or could Bill O'Brien give him the coaching he never received in Chicago? Is Drake May a better prospect than Fields is now? Probably yes, but I love this is the kind of stuff I love. Mm-hmm. I love that 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 line of thought. Now I don't know where Chicago is, and I don't think Evan put words in. I think Evan just <laughs> corrected me in reminding me that Carolina had traded that pick to Chicago. I don't think you definitively said one way or the other. Did you about them taking a quarterback? Yeah, no. Um, now, yeah, I would probably say based right now, they probably will. They'll probably because it's probably going to be a new coach. And he's probably going to come in and want to have his own quarterback. Um, but would you give a mid-round pick? Like, if you could give a fifth-round pick for Justin Fields? I sure. Would, uh, I, yeah, would th- I, mean, I would think about that. I, I mean, just, it depends on what your own plans are, I suppose. Right. But like, It also depends on what Bill O'Brien thinks, too. I mean, yeah, obviously, I don't want I, to I saddle him with I, a guy. Like, well, so well, then you just have, it. like, two it, broken quarterbacks? No, but it's kind of like what the other caller was saying. Like, if you can't get the top quarterback, start getting the pieces. Yeah. So if you're only giving up a mid-round pick for Fields, maybe we can rehabilitate him. And meantime, we're building up. We're building up the pieces. And if it doesn't work out, then we go for the quarterback. I just don't know why. Like you can make the same case for Mac, can't you? Like that you can no, just. In, well, this, that was in the, this case, the you, other guy did. Tristan no, but, from Georgia. No, but in this case, right. that was his. In this yeah. case, your scouting says that Fields is better. Yeah. Than oh, Mac. I don't know if, other than like just like physical like running ability, I don't know if the how you really get there. Especially if Bill O'Brien's still the offensive coordinator, and this is sort of the type of offense that you want to run. And before we get calls, okay, <laughs> we we all saw the last two weeks <laughs> where Fields was excellent and Mac Jones was as bad as you could be. Right. We're talking about the entirety yeah. of the body. Of I would, and I would just say, until you know you got the guy, I'm I'm all for any avenue. Take a shot on a quarterback, especially one yeah. with talent like Trey Lance. Any of those guys, like you want to bring them in, not spend a lot of money, or you know, not spend draft capital. I, I'm all for. Any quarterback you can bring in. Uh, Gary in East Hanover, New Jersey, looking ahead to the future, what is your opinion of pursuing Steve Sarkeesian as the next head coach? He's widely viewed as the best offensive mind in college football today. He has head coaching experience as well as great success as an offensive coordinator. He was an OC under both Pete Carroll and Nick Saban. We know. I, I feel we an, got the resume. I yeah. feel an offensive-minded coach is the way to go in the modern-day NFL. Yeah, where's the NFL resume? Yeah, no NFL resume, and uh, and he's also a little bit of a hothead too. There's it's a, not, no, it's not good. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and Atlanta wasn't great. There's a great video of him, like somebody, like a uh, security guard, like they're waiting to come out for the game, and a security guard's like, "So hold on one second, sir." Oh really? And he lost his mind on the guy. So like, we got like, another Ben Johnson. Now, ben I'm Johnson. <laughs> now I'm in. Now I'm in. I love Steve Sarkeesian. No, I think he's a great coach. He's been great. Why is he leaving Texas? Yeah. yeah, to come here and fix this mess and, and take a pay cut. It's got Archie yeah. Manning. No. Um, Arch. Arch, Arch, Arch. Oh, sorry. I'm looking forward to seeing him play, but it's probably not going to be this no. year. What no. year's Quinn? This, this year, uh, seventh, seventh this year senior, I believe. Yeah, yeah, no, he's yeah, been around Qu- for a while. Yeah. Quinn Ewers is coming out. He's he's yeah, he's, he's an interesting prospect. But Texas they, does right. They don't they just go quarterback. One quarterback early. plays six years. The next one plays six years. Like that's just how it works. McCoy. Oh, he's but but Ewers is like their best quarterback in like a little bit. This is a real court. Yeah. Evan's right. He's he can throw. He's not just a good college player. Like Sam Ellinger was a really good college quarterback. Yeah, or like Colt McCoy or something. This guy. Uh, Scott in Washington. I love listening to you guys, but the Patriots need to show, <coughs> excuse me, more toughness, and we as fans need to show more toughness. What happened to the fight we had during the Packers' practices and games? What? What fight did we have then? Oh, the Packers I mean, practice. They had fights. Oh, oh, oh like physical fight. Yeah, yeah. You lose seventy-two to three. Two games. 
Um, let's see. Ron in Cambridge. Yesterday when Deuce said it will be really interesting to see where this team goes from here after the blowout loss of the Saints, my eyes almost rolled out of my head. It took me back to 2020 when after Brady left, he says something similar like, it'll be interesting to see where the greatest head coach of all time takes the team now that Brady isn't here and they aren't butting heads. Deuce, this team... This team's entire existence post Brady has been the furthest thing from interesting. Bill, really? And the, Bill and the <laughs> Patriots didn't realize how good they had it with Brady, and I'm guessing you fall into that category as well. Wow. Well, well I disagree with the interesting because I think it's really actually been really interesting. I don't know what you. Well, think I'm waiting the for the Seth Wickersham story because <laughs> you know that's coming soon, right? <laughs> it, but like, it also just you know, I, like to that, it didn't have to be this bad either. Right, like just because it was, it was never going to be as good as it was with Brady. No. We all knew that, no. but it didn't. Also, it didn't did, need to be this. It bad. didn't have to no. be this bad. No, you're at the bottom. Right? Yeah, was the, the king of negativity is Mike Felger, right? Yeah, he's yeah. still stunned. Right, that this happened. I, yeah. He was convinced that the ship right. was just going to continue to go merrily along. Right. Uh, Chad says, "What you people are s- describing is swagger. You people, this team you has people. no swagger. What do you mean? The you lack people. of swagger yeah. stems from a lack of confidence. The team knows they're missing important pieces, and it shows. That's why I think the coaches gave them those sweatshirts. It was a message for the players, media, and fans to shut up, keep quiet, and stop asking for help. No one is coming. Oh yeah, great. I didn't that. But th- when we were talking about, uh, you know, I-, I thought about this too, like DeAndre Hopkins." And we were, I was especially, I don't speak for you guys, but I was like pounding to every single table in this building that, that, to give DeAndre Hopkins whatever the heck he wanted. And a big reason why I wanted to do it was because he brings some swagger to the locker room. Like he brings a playmaker to the locker room who's got some cachet, who's got some pull, who's in, who's got obviously talent. And this team just has no belief whatsoever in the talent on the team, especially offensively, because they have no players like that. And last week he goes to Tennessee and has what a buck sixty and like eight catches, right? And it's just like that was that was the type of like just juice that this team yeah. needed. Like they needed that influx of of just swagger, confidence, whatever you want to call it. And by balking on those moves, they just they don't have any of it. And now it's snowballing and every like the buzzword is stink, stank, stunk, and they have no talent. And you know, I mean that's and that's what they're hearing, I'm sure. A little show critique from Ryan in Virginia. Ryan. says, Fred, you hit the nail on the head asking Hardy or talking to Hardy as to why emails are superior to the phone calls. The coasts get to pick the best ones, and you read them yourself in order to get straight to the point. In contrast, way too many phone calls ramble, waste time, seem distracted, are hard to hear, or are generally unprofound in their questioning. When you take most calls, the world's original podcast devolves into lunkhead afternoon drive radio. At least Mark in the Bay was entertaining in an avant-garde sort of way. He he was entertaining because Eric would get so oh, mad. Oh, it was only entertaining him. because of Eric. Oh, well, yeah. that's that's part of it. That's he why. He doesn't call in anymore. Uh, or Fred at least needs to be ruder, read funnier to the callers. That will make it better. <laughs> I don't want to be rude to our callers. Well, They're our best fans. We'll make sure Hardy yeah, keeps you don't reading have, those emails. Yeah, you don't have Hardy's uh, talent <laughs> to read them all in, right. in dinner theater style. Right. <laughs> dinner theater. No, he's got to read them this week. We got to make sure he stays on those. Uh, let's see. Jared wants to talk about fullbacks. Jared in L.A. What I found fascinating is there was a time where Bill did things before everyone started trends in the NFL and found success by innovating and pulling from college. But lately, it has felt like the pendulum has swung the other way. 
I want to start a discussion about fullbacks. The two most high-powered offenses utilize fullbacks, Dolphins and 49ers. Why is it that we went away from it when it's being used to great effect now? That's different, though. It's different the way they use it. I mean, it's just it's not the same as just having a battering ram out there for your running game. This is like, you know, Kyle Juszczyk is a legitimate option for their, for their you know, attack. And so I think, th- I mean, I just... I'm not saying it's right, but I just think they wanted to get away from it. If that. Jakob Johnson was a better pass catcher, would he still be here? No. No? I don't you think, think so. Just no, I think when Josh left, I think they were, take your fullbacks with you. We're done so, with that. So Alec Ingold is the Dolphins' fullback, and the Dolphins actually lead the league in 21 personnel usage with the fullback. And he's I, he's not Kyle's use check. Like, yeah. he's more of I, – I, I've been saying this, like – the fact that they moved on from the fullback, I still have not gotten a, a reason that I buy, like that I think is sound reasoning. So you're telling me you can't throw the ball because the fullback? Well, Miami and San Francisco figure out a way to do it, and they have the most efficient offenses in the league. So you're telling me that you can't throw it because it's predictable or whatever. Well, I don't know. Ask Mike McDaniel how he does it then. Yeah. Because they're lighting up the world with the fullback on the field. And I can just tell you with certainty that a member of the organization, that's how he explained it to me. They didn't like the predictability that went along with the fullback. So what Evan's saying right now is not yeah. wrong. I mean, I th- they thought that that was the tell. Every time Johnson was on the field, they knew they were running, blah, 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 blah. They needed to get rid of him when Josh got left. That's the way it was put to me. But it's only it's only a tell if you make it a tell. Like, you could well, put Johnson right. and still but throw I, to the see, guy out of the slot. But I would yeah. also agree, and I, I, I agree with Evan, that Alec Ingold isn't use check. He's not that athletic, but he can get out and – do some things he can move i think johnson's a battering ram i i and i think i think maybe it wasn't the fullback that was the problem it was the particular fullback yeah, yeah. And, and plus two i think the patriots already had a slow offense to begin with so it's like when you have guys on the outside like debo and Ayuk or tyreek and waddle you know like it's not going to drag McCaffrey. your whole team speed down just by putting the fullback on the field, whereas like the Patriots are already slow to begin with. Right, that's and it. Then they so put that so out they were now. in twenty one. They were eleventh in rush EPA, and they had a great play action passing mm-hmm. attack with the fullback, and the their rush efficiency, even with Ramondre going you know over a thousand last year, just in general, they've run the ball less and less well since yeah. 21 yeah and so th- that was with the personnel that they had in 21 like you know it's not this is a point that i don't think gets enough attention because stevenson individually had a statistically strong year with a thousand yards and average five yards a carry the patriots did not run the ball well last year by all metrics mm-hmm. like stevenson broke a ton of tackles yeah. and they did not run the ball well and i can't just like team. help but think that the single back stuff like in 21 you were a great running team in 19 and 18 you were also a great running team 20 obviously you had a running quarterback so it's like a little bit skewed in 20 but in those years you had the stationary quarterback with the fullback in the backfield and you were an efficient rushing offense then you went away from the fullback and now you can't run the ball right all right uh a lot to uh continue tomorrow uh but Coming up next is the playbook with John Rook. Step Ev- inside. Evan will stick around for that. Uh, do you, you stay for the whole show, Evan? No, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Andy Hart joining the playbook. I joined wow. Andy Hart for a podcast. That's a morning. huge tease. I think people will want to stay around for that for it's sure. A huge head. 
All right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on Thursday. Picks. It's a big day. Catch 22. We'll see you then. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original podcast.